I'm Carlos, and you are listening to the Because I'm Carlos podcast. This podcast is an archive of the YouTube channel Because I'm Carlos of the same name and contains all various live streams and other original content that I put from the channel and then repurpose into the audio format. For every episode where applicable, I will include a link to the original YouTube video live stream because usually that'll be the best effect and best impact. I talk to our fellow hobbyists and collectors. Generally, this is a collector-focused podcast, although I will speak to data analytics experts and various folks within the sports card industry. One of the other aspects that you're going to notice as you as you listen through the podcast is that it is very much a visual oriented podcast. So we will make references to things on the screen that you will not necessarily get a full description for. Just be aware of that when you're listening to the podcast. A second thing is that you're going to notice as we go along is that there is a lot of interactivity with a live audience, which we have during these various live streams. Whether you're listening or watching, I appreciate you checking it out and any comments or questions are welcome as always. Thanks very much for watching or listening. Hey there, YouTube. It shows that we're live. So I'm here, Carlos, at Carlos Cards 12 on the YouTube channel, and I'm hanging out with Amit here on a Sunday. Uh, it's become kind of a semi-regular thing already, Amit. So kind of. I've been here twice. That's That counts as semi-regular. That's all it takes now. There you go. Well, I've been on After Hours three times, and I'm already like the secondary co-host. So there, there you go. go. It's true. And if you count the and if you count the relief pitch appearance on the on the main show, I've been on there four times. I've actually been on there more than anybody else who isn't Jeremy. Nice. What about yeah. photo bombs? Okay. What's that? Photo bombing. Does that count? I, I, I would count it, but I like I feel like almost anybody could do that then. Like just make a thousand comments. Like, I don't feel like that should count. I think you I think you have to actually be in some kind of video on the screen saying a thing. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's more legit. This is like the rookie card debate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll determine what the what the rookie broadcast is, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, sounds good. So let me uh, quickly go through a couple of things. And if you if any of you catch this, obviously in the replay, uh, so that's Amit Achara, and you can see he's got his uh, information there at Titan Hockey Stick on Instagram, and that's going to be scrolling across the bottom of the screen. So if you want to check out his stuff, it's there. It's also in the description. Another thing you're going to find in the description is going to be some links to some recent live streams because uh, this weekend has been really busy for me anyway, as far as live streams concerned. On Friday, I was hanging out with uh, Sports Card Analytics, so that's Jordan, and we sat there and we talked for about three hours and 45 minutes. So Amit can attest, it is a long one. <laughs> There's a lot there and it's a very long broadcast. He's checked out at least a good chunk of it. The good news is you don't have to watch it all at once. You can watch it and then come back to it, and it'll go from where you left off. I'd play it in the background while you're doing something else. That's long enough that it warrants that kind of treatment. The other thing that you're going to find down there is you're going to find a link to Sports Cards Live, the After Hours episode, because on Sunday and Saturday night, Sunday morning, I was on there. So basically a couple of hours ago, I was on there talking with Jeremy, talking about different sports card topics, and we once again revisited the debate of what is a rookie card? And we came to a definitive definition that it must contain matter. And that's about all we came to. <laughs> that's the only consensus we were able to achieve. So Some quickly, of those rookie cards are antimatter. Anyway, no. that's the story. When we no. get to the antimatter one, we'll have that subsequent discussion to meet. Okay, there we go. That's fair enough. So, Paul, how are you? Absolutely. How are you? So, Paul was actually there for the three hours and 45 on the original uh, live broadcast day. That, what? Yeah. Really? Yes, yes, he wow. was. He was, he was commenting all the way. That's why I mentioned to Jeremy. I was like, I was shocked. There were a handful of folks that hung out for a good chunk of that entire thing. And Paul was there right from beginning to end. So he can attest to exactly how we ran the whole thing. But it's like, you know, back in the old days of the LCS, those two, three guys that hung out 24-7 then eventually they worked at the LCS. Remember that? Back in the day? That's kind yeah. of what it is. Except they won't be working for you and they won't show up. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I will say that um, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because it's like I didn't really have a local LCS, but I had a flea market that my family liked to go to. And they had a couple of card dealers that set up like right beside each other. Yeah. So basically, we just hang out. They, my dad would go and hang out where the where the watch dealer was, and I go hang out where the car dealer was, yeah. because my dad just liked to sit there and chat. And that was a uh, that's basically where I got it from. So Carlos Senior would would have been perfect for this genre had it been around about 25, 30 years ago. It would have been right an up anomaly. his alley. I'm was an that? anomaly. None of my my dad collected stamps, mm-hmm. uh, but he never understood why the hell I collected cards. Mm-hmm. And it would frustrate him in no end, but at the end of the day, he, he was okay with it. But yeah, I, I, I kickstarted this addiction within my, my genetic line. Nice. Well, yes. I think I think Carlos Senior didn't really collect anything. It was more than anything that he um, he's he likes stuff. Like he likes tinkering. He's more of a uh, mechanical. He, he likes to like yeah, take yeah. things apart and put them together because he's got all. If he collects anything, it's power tools. That's what he collected. It was power I, tools. I have no problem with that. Absolutely. Yeah, here I have you go. power tools I'll never use. And I guarantee you there are some tool power tools in there he never used. But I will give him his credit. He knows what every single one of them are and what function they could serve if he was ever to use them. I don't just, have that. I just know how many ways I can electrocute myself. Well, no, I don't you. know because I haven't discovered them all yet. Yeah, no, but he, he knows what they all do. So whenever I need something fixed around the house, even if I'm going to do it, I will bring him in as technical consultants to instruct me on exactly what it is I need to do because he knows better than I do. So he, yeah. he, he can keep me from doing something horrifically wrong that will destroy my condo. Yeah. So that's, that's all I seek in that situation. So Paul, just a quick comment here. I feel like I should get a medal or something. You know, Paul, I'd love to do that for you, but you know what I'm going to do? I think you should get a free sports card live hat. And I think we'll, we'll make arrangements to get you a free sports cards live hat. Now, mind you, I don't own the hats, but I'm going to see if I can give away some of Jeremy swag. <laughs> What are you going to do it for him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, listen, he's he's trying to figure out what to do with that. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to do it for him. Jeremy, I gave away some of your swag. I'm going to need you to send it to – I need you to send a hat to Paul. And I need you to send this to Paul, this. Paul, here's your medal. Oh, look at you. I actually have a medal. My he's dad just... – uh, my son gave me this on some sort of anniversary of something for being a dad. Here's your medal. Don't 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 settle, Paul. I'm trying. I'm trying it's to get metal. you. I'm trying to get your free hat. No, it looks gold. Now you want this? It's blue, <laughs> like Captain America. Look, Captain America shield. Yeah, you want this? Absolutely. See, Paul knows. That's right, Paul. Absolutely. Listen, we can't we can't let Jeremy like hoard his hats. I don't care if they're his hats. We can't let him hoard it. It's it's just wrong. Absolutely. So we're gonna be chatting about a couple of different things. We're gonna be hanging around. Here you go. See, great opening. So Jeremy agrees with me about giving away the free hat. Paul, we got this. We, we're going to make this angle happen. And Amit agrees too. He was nodding his head. I could tell. Yeah. So we're just going to hang out for a bit. It's going to be more of a, the Sunday the Sunday stream, when and if we do them. Like I said, I, I, I enjoy, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm more than happy to have, you know, ha- to have a meet and to have some folks come in because I feel like a Sunday stream is like the perfect, like a chill stream. We'll still talk about some stuff. We'll have a little bit of fun. And if opportunity presents itself, maybe there's something cool that somebody picked up. We didn't plan that out ahead of time today, but we can still talk about some stuff. And uh, if we we can always cheat, because um, one thing I was thinking about is that these cameras aren't necessarily great for showing off cards all the time. Sometimes it's okay, but it depends on the card. Uh, but we can always cheat if we have something cool on the Instagram. We can always put it on. That's that's a really easy way to do it. You go. By the way, here's a card, and I took a good picture on it, so it's much easier to see. <laughs> technology, I mean, we got to use the technology. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, so one of the things we're going to chat about a little bit 
uh, is that we've done a little bit of research. So first, before we do, I'll let everybody know, we've done a little bit of looking and a little bit of digging into the whole, um, you know, fractional ownership thing. And one thing, uh, I'll give Jeremy his free plug. I believe Wednesday, I could be mistaken. Jeremy, you can put it in the comments. I believe Wednesday, he's going to be interviewing the CEO of Collectible that is one of the folks that basically is in this genre. Now, our discussion is going to be separate from that. Our discussion is just going to be kind of our opinions, just looking at it on the surface of what it is and just kind of what our thoughts are. You know, who is this good for? Who does this make some sense for? Maybe it doesn't make sense. But these are strictly our opinions. Of course, Jeremy's going to have his opportunity to talk to the person behind it, and there he's going to have different answers. I will say that I looked at uh, an interview that I saw that um, I believe it was on Benchclear Media. Uh, they did an interview, and it was about fifth, it was about an hour. And they spent maybe the first half an hour like establishing his hobby credentials, like his backstory and everything, which was cool to know. But it's one of those things like you only have 60 minutes. So if you spend like 30 to 35 minutes talking about he seems like a swell guy, but it's not to be mean about this. I don't care if he's a swell guy. I'm curious if his idea is good. So I need to know about the idea. And it was weird because by the time it was done, it's like, oh, that's great. It looks like you've got all your stuff to cross. And it's like, how would you know? What did you ask? <laughs> you asked him about his backstory. Anyway, that's just that's just my opinion on what on, on the interview I saw. So I'm hoping that Jeremy will be able to extract a little bit more out of that. But obviously, it'll still be a conversation. I, I expect uh, it should be good. Now, one thing um, we'll do. Is there anything else, though, separate from that before we get into collectible and fractional discussion to me that you that you can think of that you'd want to discuss a little bit? There's that. And then a couple of points that were brought up about, you know, just the psychology around sports cards, like synchronicity and, you know, karma. And you've heard all these terms before. Mm -hmm. So if we have time, we can get into that. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing. I think those alone will probably take up the next 18 hours of film. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'll bring, I've got, I've got a case of beer behind me. I'm good. I'm good to go. So we I should be solid. Near beer. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is, obviously, it is Sunday. And I know there's some games on. So if anything does come up from the chat, I'll, uh, I'll bring it up. And if there's some interesting questions or something, I'm open to kind of moving it in a couple of different directions. So let's talk a little bit about and while we're talking here, I'll put, uh, I'll put the website on the screen here, just so we can look at it together. So let's do this. I'm going to go in the tab. And let's start off with this. Here we go. Cool. So that's our good buddy collectible. It's basically an app that you can get in the uh, Apple app store or on the, you know, on the Google play store. And um, the idea is a simple enough concept. The, the premise is just, you know, you, you make an arrangement with somebody, you either buy the card outright, obviously from their perspective, or you do like a consignment agreement. And what it comes down to is either way you arrange it with proper paperwork and our entire discussion is going to be, have one underlying premise. There could be questions about, oh, where is it getting housed and all that? We don't have all the answers on that yet. It could be a question about, has everything been done legally to make sure everything's cool? They are filed with the SEC. So I'm going to operate on the assumption that all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. So we're going to leave that piece alone. And about where the vault is and wherever they house it, I'm going to assume they have a secured facility. Everything's above board. Everything's legit. We're just going to focus on the merits of the idea and then how they took the approach to do it. Is that fair? Sound good to me? Totally fine. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way because then we don't get into murky waters where we just don't have the information. We don't know. So we'll stick to just the premise and the idea. So Paul yeah. has a thought here. I'll just throw it up here. So I was thinking the possibility of fractional ownership, but it'd be committed fans who just shared a card. You get it for one week a year. Uh, you know what? I've heard of programs like that. It'd be kind of interesting, but the legalities of controlling who has what would be very strange. It would be kind of interesting. So 
I'm going to use in my example, and Amit can, uh, and Amit has a couple of th- thoughts that he's put together as well. But in the example I'm going to use, one of the ones they've done recently was they did a 1953 Tops PSA 10 Mickey Mantle card, and the idea behind that that was a consignment arrangement they did with that one. So I'm using the example just because I have some of the details behind it, so it's easier to talk about it. And what they did specifically with it is that they consigned it with the seller, where the seller basically gives custody and control of it with them, but as part of the arrangement, he retains 60% control. So the shareholders are actually buying a share of 40%. So they broke it up into 40,000 shares at $25 a share for the IPO. So they generated a million dollars. Now, one thing I'll give them full credit for is that they did in their filing, and I'll actually show you guys this. I'll switch screens here if you bear with me for a second. I'll do a quick switch over, and I'll, I'll show you a little bit as, of this as we go along. We're not going to read every line of this, but at least we can see what it looks like so that we all understand what it is. So they do have uh, what they call the circular, where they talk about a lot of the different details. So it is something that is available for you to see, which is good. That means you've got disclosure. That means you can, even if you want to look into it more beyond what we end up talking about, we're not going to read every single detail. But if you want to look into it more, you can actually look it up yourself. I'm not involved in it, but I was able to download this, so I have access to it. So all good. And that's a good thing because it means you have some disclosure. One important thing that I'll mention, the general concept of owner partial ownership in something is important. But one of the first things that struck me was that there is this. It's called the lock-up, lockup period. And they mention it right here. Upon closing of an offering, so for the mantle, the offering is 90 days. Upon closing of the offering for a particular series and all these uh, cards they consider they call series, a 90-day lockup period will commence from the day of closing before interest in the particular series may be transferred by an investor in such series. In other words, you buy the shares, however many you buy, and there are limits to how many you can buy and all that, because they mentioned that here, minimum and maximum investment. And they disclose all of this. This is all available for you to read. If and when you buy your shares, you have to wait 90 days before you can start trading them. And you're trading them inside of the application, so inside of the app, which is fine. That, that in itself is not a big deal. But the 90-day lockup period is the first spot where I kind of uh, apply a little bit of the brakes. That's something kind of critical for me because if we're looking at it from an investment perspective, that's kind of important. You're locking up your money for 90 days effectively. Any any kind of thoughts on that, Amit? You're going to have to unmute yourself. Yep. Thank you. I'm new to technology. No worries. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Your technical support background will help aid me greatly to this. No worries. Um, the first thing I thought about is one, it, it kind of protects the ownership of the card, mm-hmm. keeping funds fluid, right, mm-hmm. and within their own hands. That's one thing. Two, reduces the volatility aspect of it, right? Yep. So one of the, one of the troubling aspects of any sort of a lot of stock market trading is day trading. It's constant volatility in the commodities market, so it kind of eliminates that period as well. For sure. Um, and also, I can see people, you know, trying to make a quick buck. So they're trying to keep the professionalism and, and the kind of high class of what you are buying at stake. So it's kind of reputation. So there's those things come to my mind when I see something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to dilute the product, right? There are, I mentioned three or four things there. I'm just going to touch on the four right now. We'll dive yeah, into more detail sure. later. But those are the first first things that came to mind. Yeah. And that, I think that's perfectly reasonable. And I think there's a really good chance that that is part and parcel. This is where I said, I'm going to operate under the assumption that all the legal paperwork is accurate and has been done correctly and to spec. So there is a logical reason for all of these moves. It's not like they unilaterally just decided to lock it up for 90 days, yeah. but it does hurt the uh, the investment capability of it because, and it's kind of an analogy I use. I just said like, look, if Michael was to make some money and maybe I'm not 
And this is where we'll get into a little bit later on who this is for, maybe who this is most possibly most beneficial for, because that's important. Who the audience is, is key. And one of the things that I was talking with me, because we had a chat for maybe about an hour offline and part of our discussion was, okay, who's this for? And then I said, well, if I was going to buy just a handful of shares, then it doesn't really matter. Like whatever it is what it is. But if I was going to buy enough shares where it might make some kind of a tangible, you know, benefit or gain for me, then I would almost be better off. Like if I know somebody, so I know a meat, if I, I, and I, I said to him, I said, look, if I had $50,000 just to invest and I just said a meat, let's make an arrangement. I give you the 50 grand. Can you make me some money? And the answer is yes. <laughs> you know, if you know, you've got somebody who knows kind of how to do some flips and stuff, they could do it. And 50,000 is actually a lot of room to work a couple of different angles. Some could be more secure. Some could be a little bit riskier, but you could proportion it in a way where you come out ahead. And that 90 days gives you a lot of, in this market, in 90 days, you could make some very big gains in very short order. And you don't have to go completely to the riskiest prospect. You could do some fairly controllable prospects that make sense. Any thoughts on that? Yes, I agree. Like those points make sense to me, but it's the liquidity of it, right? Like mm -hmm. you, can, you can positively gain. You can also negatively impact the sure. valuation of a product, right? So if the person, if the person who bought the car spent, and you have the data, which will surface later, mm -hmm. if you spent a million dollars on a product, you, you throw it out to market, and all of a sudden the reselling of the shares are down to lower than the original IPO, then all of a sudden your product has been diluted, right? Mm -hmm. It's worth less on paper. Yeah. The main thing is that I think the ownership of that car is want to maintain that, hey, they don't fluctuate the price below what they purchased it for. Sure, after 90 days, that could still happen, but at least up front, it won't. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the thing is, like, from a logic perspective, it, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense because it actually does make a fair bit of sense. The, the issue that I ran into was exactly what we talked about. It was just the fact that... Um, during that time it's being held, the money is basically in holding for a logical reason, for a good reason. But again, if the goal here is investment, tying up your money in a very fluid market where things are happening and you can definitely make some moves, you don't have to commit a bunch of money into a 90-day lock. Because at the end of the 90 days, now you can trade the shares. Who's to say the shares are liquid? Who's to say somebody else wants your shares at that time, even at the same price? And if it's at the same price, well, then you gain nothing. Maybe the shares are worth less. But at the same time, how would you establish the value? And we'll talk in a minute how they establish the value of these shares, because that's kind of an important piece too. I wanted to focus on the lockup part. But the point is that during the 90 days, nothing's happening. You're not gaining dividends. You're not gaining interest. You're not, nothing is occurring. And that's so kind of an is, issue for me. Yep. So what is happening is the, the, the funds are locked up. They may not be in your controls. As an investor, you put in $100, $100 locked up for 90 days. Mm -hmm. But as the owner of that, Fine. And those dollars, you can do whatever you want with that money within an idea within the legal confines of that contract, right? Yeah. So they could theoretically take that hundred dollars and make three hundred dollars out of it in another vehicle. Yeah. Right? And the thing so is, I'm sure there are some restrictions. I'm sure there are some restrictions where they're not just going to take your money and start investing it in nothing necessarily. Yeah. Because remember, you'd have to, it's got to be all in the disclosures. So that's totally going to be true. And I'm also not an expert in these things. These are just things that come to my mind that have to be validated through the eyes of the law. Yeah, absolutely. But one point I will make that kind of uh, plays off of what you said is that whether they're allowed to touch the money right away or not, I suspect they're not because it would be a really murky thing legally if you yep. did that, did it that way. I, let's assume no. Let's assume they have to hold it during that period as well. But regardless, um, the owner of this particular, like using this specific card because at least I've done some digging into it, the owner themselves bought it 
for 1.15 million. So like the amount is included in the paperwork. And what yep. I'll do, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, no worries. So all I was going to do is I wanted to pull it here. I want to make sure. And I and as I'm talking through these numbers and things, I want to show everybody. So it's not just me, um, you know, making it up. I want to show it to you from the disclosure. So here it is. So this is the section. I was trying to find the specific piece. So here, this is the 53 top Mickey Mantle cards. And it says right here, the asset seller. So this is the person who's providing the card acquired the underlying asset for 1,150,000. So they disclose that. Perfect. Great. And then they say underneath, in the example set forth above, the seller would realize a profit of 1175000 because they came to the conclusion, based on comps, they determined the value of the asset to be $2.5 million. Yep. And they do a good job here because they actually do outline, like you can see here, the date of the agreement, the expiration date, who the equity person is, they name them, what are the fees, what are the percentages. So like I said, from a disclosure standpoint, I'm not complaining here. Like you're giving me a, a lot of useful information that helps me at least understand as an investor, even the breakdown of what the initial million dollars does, who it goes to, broker fees, legal fees, marketing fees. I'm not complaining. You're giving me a lot of, if I'm going in, I'm going in with my eyes wide open if I read this. And that that's that's an important point. I'm making a distinction I am making here. If I am reading this, now, if this was my money, of course, I read this thing. I question if everyone else would, but they do provide it and it is easily accessible. I didn't have to jump through hoops to find this. So if you're willing to sit down and the section specifically is only a couple of pages. So it's not like it's this onerous thing. The document is 200 pages, but it covers a whole bunch of series. It's not just one. So if you're focused on one series, it's a couple of pages to understand what this specific one is doing. The other ones have similar arrangements and you can read all about it here. Second here. See here. Who retains 60% is simply liquidation and 40% and I, I think he gets to do whatever he wants. I agree, Jeremy, but I think there's, um, there's probably a time period before they divest it because during that three months, what happens is, now this is for this specific example, this specific example. They came up with the number, they came up with the proceeds, all that stuff. And it's broken down like this, who gets what, all good. And then what happens is, uh, let me go here. Uh, let me find it here. Upon closing of the offering. So here, this is what we're talking about here. Upon closing of the offering, proceeds from the sale of series interest will be distributed to the account of the series. So it goes to that series account. The series will complete the agreement and pay the asset seller the amounts listed in the detailed table. At that time, the series will own 100% interest. So the idea is after the 90 days, then the company basically buys in this specific arrangement for the consignment, what they did here. They'll basically buy the card off of the person for the agreed upon amounts. And then the money has been shifted appropriately based on what's been defined here. Percentage is going to different people and different legal and all that good stuff. Again, it could be more specific related to some of them. I'm just using this specific example because we've got the numbers in front of us and dates and all that good stuff. All good so far, Amit? So far, good. Yep. Yep. So like I said, we don't know the final answer in a lot of this stuff. The problem is, I don't have an issue with any of this. The, the only problem that I have really is if you're an investor, everything is contingent. And this is the point that I want to get to. Everything is contingent upon whether that card is in fact worth two and a half million and whether it will be worth more two and a half million in the future because they came up with this number, not out of the thin air. They do describe a little bit how they arrived at that figure. And I'll try to find that for everybody. Um, so what I'll do is I'll do the stop sharing screen and I will find the section and I'll at least uh, show it everybody so that we understand what it is, but they do come up with the number, not out of thin air. They do base it on cops and 
But then it becomes like, okay, do you agree with the comps? Do you agree with the ratio, the percentage of comps? Because the IPO is based on that. And whether you agree with it or not is really pertinent to whether this seems like a reasonable investment or not, because you're buying it not at the original seller's price, you're buying it at the new price based on the comps and their estimates. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? So what makes that interesting to me, and we'll probably touch on this later, but I'll kind of introduce it now, is sure. the owner of the card not only owns the card, they also evaluated it X amount. So they've actually made money and they still have the card. Correct. So that's the other thing, right? But during the time of the series, that's right. The time of the series. But at the same point, you you know, you, if you think about it, when you're, you're selling these shares, not everyone can afford this 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 these cards. The way the industry is going now, it's going to the the have-nots have as little as possible, and the haves have a lot more to do with it. Sure. The people who have the money and the means can do things, right? Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more and more evident, right? But if I want to, you know, kind of be a show off, at least I own a piece of it. Forget all that. Forget all the data, and they're not going to read the contract. They can just say, "Hey, mom, look, I own a piece of this card. This small, this card, I own a piece of it. Mm-hmm. I can display and say, look, I have a piece of paper that says I own this card, a percentage mm-hmm. of it.' So it becomes down to bragging rights. Right? And you know, in our hobby, what I think that I would consider a negative in some respect is someone's always looking to one up someone and say, "I own something that you don't." Right? There, there is an aspect of that. Right? I'm not saying everyone's like that. Yeah. But in this case, you get to have some bragging rights. Right? I suppose. And and I think that's valid. I think that's a hundred percent valid point, but here's where it gets interesting. Okay. Let's say that's the idea. Um, Well, my first question, I guess, would be how many people would actually be impressed by that? (laughs) You you own a a virtual, you know, virtual share in in a card, even if it's a great card, no question. Uh, The second question is, all right, you, oh, me, you own a share. Cool. I own five. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like in the same card so it's like you can still do that stratification and then how do you prove it like does a virtual share say how many shares you own like it could be I, but it's no different than someone hoarding uh, an entire print run of three cards right well i have two you have one yeah right? but in this case it's a fraction of the exact same physical card <laughs> well we won't get into fractal analytics at this point but yes yeah. you're right There's, yeah Piece yeah, of, exactly. Of that part of the plastic that you own, maybe you take that, send that home, and all all you want is all the way to the bank. But I mean, right? The fact that you get to brag that you got a piece of it, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I think uh, I used two analogies when I was uh, when I was doing the Friday stream with Jordan when I was talking about with because he wasn't too familiar with it, so I gave him a little background and we discussed it briefly. Um, two analogies that I use that are kind of interesting because to your point about the bragging rights thing. Then it becomes kind of a little bit more ceremonial. We'll talk about the investment potential of it in a minute. But from the ceremonial aspect, if that's your desire and that's what you want to do it, then it feels to me similar, although very different, from the uh, the share the share sales that the Green Bay Packers used to do, where they would generate they would do it for real, generating money, file it with the SEC, do all this because it's the real shares. And when you buy these things, you actually own a share in the Green Bay Packers and you get to go to the shareholder meeting and have some votes on some relatively minor low level stuff yeah. you do. But you do get to vote legitimately. You do get to vote on, and you get the certificate that you can that you can then frame. You can't sell it. You don't get any dividends from it. It is strictly so that you, Amit, can say you own a share in a professional football team totally. legally on the record. Yeah. That's, and then in some cases, I'll be honest with you, Carlos, that's all that matters. Yeah, and the, and if that's the goal here, then I think that's an audience that this could be interesting for. It's no different than like I just thought of this right now. Like, so I'm a, a teenager coming out of college, or sorry, I'm a teenager coming out of a really smart kid. Now, I'm good a, job, a man. young adult coming out of college, yep. and they give you these really attractive car loans. At least when I came out of university, they're like, here you can buy a Mustang, and it's only going to cost you X amount of dollars a month. Yep. 
And you can drive, rip all over the city in that beautiful Mustang. It's not costing you much. It will in the long run. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's not costing you much. So from that perspective, you're like, life is okay. I'm okay. I can do this, right? You're not yeah. thinking of the future for it so much, right? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I think I think the key here is I'm not knocking it. If that's if that's the intention, if the intention is exactly what you just said, I just want to I just want to feel like I have a piece. Yeah. Then great. For twenty five bucks, that's a negligible. Then then hopefully you're buying just one share just to be able to officially say it. I hope you're not buying a bunch of shares. That that that's kind of my underlying point here is like if you just want the ceremonial thing of knowing that you have a share, well then just buy a share. Well, congratulations! In ninety days, you'll have a shot at buying it from somebody else. Yeah, you can do that. And it, I mean, it's also like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go on a stretch here. Go ahead. You're going to, you want to go to an 0506 cup rate. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's, I don't know, the argument's sake, let's pretend it's $1,000 a spot, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever it may be. That's an obscene amount. And you and your buddy say, well, you know, I can't afford a thousand, but if six of us go in and buy a thousand, then maybe we, we can each then decide how we're going to dilute from there, mm-hmm. right? So there's a bit of aspect of that as well. Sure. The only difference to your point is that then I at least, we at least physically own whatever we pulled in that break. And then from there, there's a physical item to decide and yep. distribute. And yep. if the item goes up a lot, well, then fantastic for us. You know, right? We broke yep. this up, but at the same time, we can all get a, an equal cut. And yep. this is the premise here. The We'll get to in a second the, the underlying problem with the specific asset here in this case. And because the specific... It's going to be on a card by card basis. That's that's really important, and that's one thing Jordan brought up, which was accurate. I agreed with it. Uh, so let me show you really quick where the comp came from, and then we'll talk about uh, what I feel are the issues with it. And there's a couple, but we'll talk about them. So what they did here to explain is they used the 52 tops Mickey Mantle as kind of an example. So what they said to themselves is they say the last recorded sale of 52 tops Mantle PSA nine was in April 2018 for two million eight hundred eighty-eight thousand. Sorry, 880,000. A PSA 10, according to many seasoned collectors, is worth 10 million. Well, that's a guess, but I understand, but that's a guess. You know, <laughs> you know, it's an extrapolation, but it's a guess. So they acknowledge here the 52 tops come at a premium. Fair enough. As 52 is his rookie card, it is not his rookie card. That is not in the debate. 51 Bowman is his rookie card. But anyway, and the thing is, a lot of this is actually really well researched. So that made me sad when I read that. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> anyway. But uh, to the 53 tops mantle card, the underlying asset is more rare than the 52 tops PSA 9 based on the pop report. That's what it is because the 53 tops PSA 10, there's only, I think it's a pop of two. So it is an extremely rare card in that grade. Totally. Very true. According to pop report, yep, here. Comparatively, there are only two 53 PSA 10s in circulation. Yes. And then this is where they covered, uh, you know, what they originally bought it for, what the series talks about, and the potential profit based on the sale of the series which is all disclosed here, which I said, the disclosure, I like it. Fantastic. But the comp is kind of an educated guess. And we're basing the IPO based on the comp. So it's kind of, it's kind of an important detail to at least consider and discuss a little bit. Like, okay, who made the, you know, who died and made you decide on this comp? Because 52 tops mantle is an iconic card. For the record, I own a 53 tops mantle, a lower condition one, much lower condition, but that has appreciated in value a lot since I originally bought mine. Like I can, I can tell you full, I don't remember the exact dollar amount, but I can tell you, I bought an SGC 10, 52, 53 tops mantle, and I paid maybe around $400 US for it. It might've actually been less. It might've been like in the three eighties. A PSA one now is in the 900 to thousand dollar range, and it can go for 14 or 1500. I've seen some examples. It's appreciated a lot. And that's only been in it maybe about five or six years. 
So can the card appreciate? Certainly. But the comp is important because a card at this level, do you expect the card at this level to four or five X in short order? My card did because it started at a much more reasonable price. So a four or five X on a lower price card is easier. It's not impossible, but I'm just saying it's easier for a card that's an iconic player that's already a little potentially underpriced to go up by multiples as opposed to the top of the top end where they tend to go up, but they don't double and triple in price all the time. They could, but not all the time. Do you get what I'm saying? I do, do, do know what you're saying, and we did talk about this a little bit. So um, yep. one of the things that we were talking about is, okay, so how much could it appreciate? So we're trying yep. to look at, we're calling this a blue chip, right? It's yep. a blue chip. Uh, For the sake card. of this conversation, yes, let's it's call a blue it a chip card. So I think one of the things we did, we tried to look at it, so let's, let's dial it down to simple things. So let's look at it in terms of other blue chip cards. So they also go up by the same multiplier, right? Sure. Then um, are the, do the lower grades go up exponentially more than higher grade copies do because of the price point, right? Um, I'll give you an example. We'll, we'll talk about an example using hockey. Uh, sure. So basically, the I believe, I believe it was an uh, Ovechkin three color went for thirty five hundred to four thousand when it came out, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I think it was Karen Wright that told us this on our Hobby Insider forum, which was the latest copy went for fifty thousand dollars mm -hmm. US. Yep. Okay, so that was oh five oh six to now, which is how many years, uh, Carlos? Let's see, fourteen years. Fourteen years. Fourteen years. Yep. It went up 50,000. Now let's get my calculator real quick because I've forgotten the math. Just give me one second. Yep. Now, while you're calculating the math, I I agree with I agree with the percentage change and everything that's going to be. But one factor that we'll have to put in, and we'll consider it. Like we want to consider everything. But one factor we'll have to consider in is obviously Ovechkin's still an active player. The ability of him between 2016 and now to rack up a Hall of Fame resume. He won a Stanley Cup. Uh, he's still potentially, we'll see how it goes, he could potentially still challenge Gretzky's goal scoring record. Like it's still in yeah. play. It would take a lot. It's still going to take some work to get there. It's not like going to happen next season. It's going to need some years still, 100%. but he's got a shot. But it's gone up 14. So in that example, totally. I guess, yeah. it's yeah. gone up 14 next. And then I think Ovechkin is safe to say everyone is a blue chip prospect. Right. Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so we are like, okay, so that went up 14 X in X amount of years. So I'm like, okay, that's not too bad. Right. So then if you look at this one, you would expect that the evaluation of that, card relative to this one is not as crazy correct you'd agree it's, with that mathematically it would be very difficult to hop to the same degree because in order to achieve the same equivalent thing here we got to get to 15 16 million correct or if we take the two and a half valuation we got to bump that all the way up to uh what 14x times 20 2.5 million that's 30 million roughly yeah that sounds about right yeah so do we see a jump of to 30 million? I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm, but I'm saying like, that's, that's a lot. It's not like there are a lot of buyers at 30 million. That's a lot of money. I, I totally agree. There's not a lot of buyers at 50,000 either. Right. So they're, now you're going to affordability, right? So then there's like the top 1% where it's that mm -hmm. card probably lies into, right? Cause yeah. I, I certainly can't afford that. Yeah. I can't even look at 50,000, yeah. but there's only a, a select few that's going to buy that 1.0 million above, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. And so but let's, assume, let's assume that plays out. Let's assume that plays out. If it plays out, then in order for this to work, well, in order, I shouldn't say in order for this to work. If you're the person who bought the share, then you're like at 300 bucks. Yep. So it took you 14, 15 years to get from 25 to 300 bucks. About 14, 15 years of inflation, that might get you a cup of coffee at Tim Hortons. Totally fair. But I think <laughs> to be fair to this card, I'm using yeah. it as 
Mexican rookie, which is yep. a modern day RPA of an active yes. player, right? Yeah. And one of the things we talked about, and I didn't get a chance to look this up, but Honus Wagner, the Gretzky Honus mm-hmm. Wagner. So we know what Gretzky and McNall paid for it way back yep. when. And 451000 How much was it? 451,000. So it sold for 451,000. What was the recent sale on it? We looked it up too, Carlos. Uh, the last one was like in the 2.8 million range. Okay, so for the same card because there's also a different one that sold for a little bit more that was a different card. Okay, so I'm going to use that one then. Okay, fine, sure. So that one I just se- I just separated them because one was graded at one level and was trimmed and the other one is considered to be not trimmed. So it's it's sold for like 3.12 million. Was the other all, one. all drama and politics. yeah, yeah, I get it. That card in uh, so when did Gretzky uh, McNall buy it? It was in 451, 451,000. No, what year did they buy it in 1991? 1991, mm-hmm. two now, so 2020. So, to think about the duration of time, so 2020, you bought that in 1991 and it went up 6x. Yep, right? Yep, and it's the most, oh. and it is the, it is the biggest known like iconic card of the hobby. This is closer to the 52 tops mantle than the 53 tops mantle, like a better comp for like the, for this 53 tops. Like I said, I love the 53 tops. I actually prefer it to the 52, but if we're talking about iconic, this is probably closer to like the Eddie plank error. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. Like that is a super rare, tough card, especially in yeah. high condition. It's probably rarer than the Honus Wagner. It does not sell for the same amount as the Honus Wagner. True, and I think I think we talked about this yesterday too, or a couple days ago. I think, and Jeremy, uh, if you're watching, pardon me if I got the wrong guy's name, but I think it was Brooke Corbo, <laughs> supposedly one of the, yeah, the hockey one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the valuation is nowhere near what you know some of the other cards go yeah. for. But just going back to the McNall Gretzky Honus Wagner, so sure. it's been in 29 years. It, it took 29 years for that evaluation to happen. And but and the thing is, that's the good. <laughs> that's to, that's not terrible especially it's considering 451,000 that's not horrific but that's a really long time so yeah one of six times yes six x in 29 years let's say 30 years right yeah okay so then we say okay so that's blue chip so now we're also looking at varying scales because they're not all things considered equal right they're not one-to-one yeah, for sure right? the different cards and different flavors and different sports as well right yeah i'll give you two hockey examples because that's my bread and butter i know hockey better than for sure i got it uh, I'm not an expert in, just so everyone is aware, I'm not an expert in the stock market or, you know, how these things work. I'm just making educated guesses that based on what I know. Yep. But let's look at a real example. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to go look it up right now. I'm going to use Amazon. Okay. But I'm going to go look up Amazon stock price because that's, uh, that's a blue chip uh, stock. Sounds good. Charles, I'm going to get you to write down some things right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, while I do this, so... <laughs> Uh, okay, so thirty-one fifty-three U.S. dollar. Write that down somewhere. Thirty-one fifty-three. Yep. Okay. And let's look at uh, in a five-year span. Okay, so in on October 9th, it was worth five hundred thirty-nine dollars. Okay, so, five hundred and thirty-nine. You said. Yes. Sure. So if I take thirty-one, what was the first number I gave you? Fifty. Uh, thirty-one fifty-three. Divided by uh, five. 96 that's 5x in five years yep so that's amazon which is highly touted blue chip stock went up 5x right in five years sounds good 
Now, can, I show, can I show you something uh, that, so we'll talk about, I want to talk about that Amazon example, but can I show you something in the card realm still? Yeah. Um, yeah. A blue chip player, but not necessarily the top card. Mike Trout? So I want to What's that? Mike Trout? Well, he, he is my personal favorite, as you know, but no, oh. we're not going to talk about Mike Trout. What was Ziggy Palfi? Ooh, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Okay. We may get to that. We may All get right. to that shortly. Right. We may get to that. So we're going to talk about good old LeBron James. You may know this guy. So I'm, using, so I'm using card ladder here. Uh, I'm just going to use it for the numbers. If you guys don't like card ladder, that's fine. Relax. I just want the chart. So chill out. Okay. So current value is 4,200 estimated right now. That's about the going rate kind of on eBay based on auction sales. Okay. I want to show you guys a chart. This is for the last calendar year, 12 months. Okay. And then we'll run some numbers based off of that. Cool. Okay. So here's one year. So this is the growth chart in one year, the last 12 months going back from October 2019 until October of 2020. Now you can see, obviously it's been, you know, it's had some peaks and valleys and whatnot, but it's a generally high upward trend. Okay. So in this, in this time frame, it started at $228.73. This is the upper deck LeBron James rookie, star rookie, PSA 10. The current price is 4,200. That is a rate of growth of 1,700%. It is 17X in 12 months. Yep. So the thing is, this card started off at $228. I would argue at $228 back then, I, I'm not a basketball guy, but I will yeah. I'll be honest with you, me, full disclosure, I was seriously considering buying about five or six of these cards. And I should have listened to Carlos from the past because Carlos from the past knew what he was talking about. It was kind of underpriced at that level. Now, obviously, we've had craziness in the market. I grant you that shouldn't be the expectation, but I do feel it was worth more than $228. Regardless, I feel it was worth more than that. What's the it, time frame on this? This is, this one is year? a 12 month time frame. 12 months. So, this is in 12 months, it went from 228 to what? Uh, 4,200. So, 4,200. Yeah, and at its absolute peak, it was just shy of 5,000. So, 18x. Correct. So, it's like if this is a much shorter time frame. And if we go now in the last three months, obviously the movement isn't as much because now it's already been priced in. Like it's already kind of high. Could it still go up more if he does win the NBA champion? A little bit. Some of that has already been baked in. You have to factor that in. I don't expect explosive growth from here right now because it already exploded. It already did that. But you just have to bear in mind that there. So let's get into the investment piece for a second, because what I mentioned earlier was that a vintage card, most blue chip vintage cards will appreciate over time and they will continuously appreciate. But generally speaking, it's a slower appreciation. The Honus Wagner chart that we put together there yeah. is a more normal. It took almost 30 years to move 6X. Yeah. But 6X is great. It's just not a bad thing. It's not like it did badly. It continued to grow over time. And I expect it will continue to grow in the future, but it's not going to explode. And if you're there at like $25 a share, like my question that I kind of posed to a meet, and this is kind of an open question. How many shares would you have to buy for this to be like relevant to you? Like for it to feel like you actually won, like if you buy one share at $25, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the Green Bay Packers, it's, you know, it's the Green Bay Packers share, except I don't get the certificate to hang in my wall. I don't get that. Um, the novelty would be kind of neat, but then the series ends and it's like, okay, well, I've got this virtual certificate until I sell it to somebody because it just exists in an app. Presumably, I don't know if there's a real certificate or not. That can be a question for Jeremy. I'll leave that for him. But um, as an investment, quote unquote, I a 53 tops mantle should not explode after that 90 days is over because we made up a number here. I agree with that. But yeah. there's also, so I mentioned earlier about psychology. So sure. 
the reason LeBron and those guys are outside, are inside and in mind instead of outside out of mind, which is the mantle, and for most of people, our generation, mm-hmm. our generation, if you tell them, oh, here's LeBron and Mickey Mantle, they'll be like, Mickey Mantle, I know he's a Hall of Famer. LeBron, though, it's like yeah. they put all the evaluation on LeBron because that's what they know. But they've right. but LeBron also has the opportunity because in in similar vein to Ovechkin, even though they're further along in their careers, they're not done yet, but they're further along. They're closer to done than the, to the beginning. Yeah. So the the Hall of Fame debate is not in is not in concern. That the Hall of Fame is fine. The Hall of Fame is there. It's waiting for LeBron when he retires. What's 100%. that? Yeah, that part's good. That the part question. Good. Yeah. All I was going to say, Amit, was the question here is whether LeBron James can stack a couple more championships at the end to make the GOAT conversation interesting. There are certain Jordan diehards where it doesn't matter, it won't make a difference, whatever. But for some other folks, if he can get closer to the number of total championships, one, one, the fact he got to 10 championships is actually very impressive. To me, it's extremely impressive getting to that many. Obviously, a better record would have helped his case. But if he wins, but if he is able to win a couple more, that's not going to hurt the whole conversation. I 100% agree, but I think one thing, this is a sidebar, not completely relevant to what we're talking about, but he's played, for, he's played for 17 years. Yeah, correct. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the fact that we've been lucky to see him at this age and, and mm-hmm. being this conditional, in the condition of being top-notch, we're lucky, and he is relevant because of that. He's done enough Agreed. in his own body of work and his yep. body of keeping himself relevant, so that also helps too. Right? Yep, and the other factor, to your point, is that he also does stuff off the court. So when his career is over, if he focuses on philanthropy, if he focuses on other causes and things, he stays in the public eye. He becomes an iconic. He becomes an iconic player, but he becomes an iconic sports figure that is doing other stuff, and then we keep seeing him. So even at age fifty, when he's done playing and it's all over, maybe we still know who LeBron is because he's still around doing stuff. Like that's that's more than possible. Basically, you're feeding the the original thought is you know as long as they're inside and in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their yeah. evaluation and their the multiplication factor will go up significantly yeah. more than in a person like Mantle, who historically we don't have as much audio clips and video clips of Mantle compared to LeBron. And like yeah. LeBron's an Instagram genius, right? So there's yeah. all that too. So yeah. there's like some of these old are I'm not going to use archaic because I don't offend anyone, but these ancient okay. players they don't have <laughs> okay. Ancient? No, that's even worse. Wow, I'm <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging that hole. But they don't know who they are from. Okay, I'll just say the hole. Some of these guys don't know who these guys are from a hole in the ground, right? Yeah. They don't know who they are, so it's out of sight, out of mind. They don't know, I right? Yeah, I, I have it. a very, very good friend of mine who has an amazing cuts collection, mm-hmm. amazing cuts collection, like all top Hall of Famer cuts. But nobody, nobody's amping for it, right? It's mm-hmm. like he's like this guy is a Cy Young. I have a Cy Young auto, or whatever it may be. Like I said. Mm-hmm. It's a one of many pieces, but not a millions. Mm-hmm. But someone, I remember the guy looking in the showcase, and he's like, "Oh my God, Mike Trout auto!" Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. You know, right beside him is a guy who's legitimately nobody can touch him. Record can't mm-hmm. be touched, but they won't look at that. The right? irony, the irony is that Cy Young is the name of the award. So you would think you'd put like two and two together. It's literally the yeah, name of the I, award for best pitcher, dude. You'd be surprised when you hear an expo. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I, I I understand. I'm totally with you. But to your point, the Mickey Mantle's best thing. A lot of the arguments they use in that prospectus are Mickey Mantle's iconic nature, which is all true. But baseball as a sport has hurt itself. Its profile long term is murky. 
we'll see what happens. I'm a baseball fan. Like number one, I'm, I'm a baseball fan above all else. That is my favorite sport, but like my generation will be the last one that is as interested. Will there still be baseball fans? Of course there will still be baseball fans going forward, but major league baseball has really shot itself in the foot, shot itself in the face, shot itself in the other foot. Like it, it's done everything in its power to hurt its resonance, which hurts this as well, because Mickey Mantle is an icon of the golden era of baseball. Willie Mays should be bigger than he is. Hank Aaron should be bigger than he is. Even Jackie Robinson should be bigger than he is because he's an icon. These guys are all icons. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. But the one thing baseball will have, like I, I agree and disagree with you. One baseball, well, I still like to know what you mean by the shot itself in the foot. I'd like to get some more information from you on sure. that. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll answer it, but keep going. But one thing is baseball's romance of the history, the legacy of the iconic, iconic players, like, mm-hmm. That's what I love about baseball. It's not yeah. modern day baseball. I love I history of baseball. Like I, I just recently read a book on Babe Ruth, just because I just I'm fascinated with the history of baseball, what it means to America, and, and you know it, it's positivity. Um, Jackie Robinson's my hero. I've ne- I'll never meet him. I never get to see him, mm-hmm. but he's my hero just for what he went through. Right, the thing that those guys went through back in those days, these players can't get that, that mm-hmm. level of of, of like. You know, breaking the color barrier, it's just it's insane. But, I mean, I'll let you answer now. I'm curious because it's yeah. a segue. I want to know where you're talking about how did baseball shoot itself in the foot. Mm-hmm. Sure. So the answer to that question so is twofold. Um, and one quick uh, historical aside, very true what you said about Jackie Robinson. One of the funny quirks about it, um, when I was a younger baseball fan, when I was getting started, I love the history of baseball. Uh, there was a book, and I think I still have it in my family home somewhere. I got to find it because I would love to do a video on it because I want to talk about it a little bit. It was called like 1001 like Facts of Baseball, basically. And it broke up information by every era of baseball, going all the way back to the very beginning. Here's the funny thing. Jackie Robinson deserves every ounce of kudos he gets. Respect. He, to me, though, it's interesting because to me, he rebroke the color barrier because there were black players back in the day and then they got banned and then they had to and then he had to re-break the color barrier to get them back in because there's some great players who played professional baseball with white players in the 1800s who then got thrown away to the dustbin of history true disrespect because they did play yeah, and they were good and they deserve and they deserve their credit I'm, jackie robinson deserves 100 of his credit but it's a shame that some of these guys are like even 60 years before jackie robinson were like well we play too <laughs> yeah, if you read some of the, the articles and books yes. uh, on Jackie Robinson, they do refer to some of yeah. those players. Yeah, I just want to give them I want to give them their moment as well, because it's like respect sure, as well. Respect as well. But but Jackie Robinson's place is secured because of that. The reason I say baseball shot itself in the foot is this. The history of baseball is almost untouchable because there's so much depth and breadth and it is the longest of the four major sports with the longest history. They can go back the furthest and say, like, look at all this we've got. We can share all this information. We can talk about the Cincinnati Red Stockings of the 1860s. You can go, you can't do that in the other sports. You can't do it. But where it shot itself in the foot, I'm saying, is in the modern game because the modern game is still a product that you're selling to that younger generation. They they need to get to a stage where they can see the history. But in order to get to the history, unless you try to lead with the history, which you can, but it's tricky. I, you know, I was a history major. It's really tough to sell younger kids on history. You can try, but Usually it helps if at least there's an appreciation for the sport itself first. And as a product, Major League Baseball is not a great product. In the playoffs, it's a great product. In the regular season, it's a slog. I don't need to see 57 pitching changes. 
I don't need to see 557 commercial breaks. And because the games are starting in prime time, they end late. I'm a night owl. It's cool with me. But if I was a kid, I'd be done. I couldn't get through more about th- more than about three or four innings. There was a time in the golden age of baseball where there were afternoon games all the time. Until for years, Wrigley didn't have lights. So they would actually play mid-afternoon games. So kids would skip school to go check out games. So there there were built-in mechanisms in baseball that allowed the younger generation to participate in it in a way they don't. As a baseball fan, a more hardcore fan, I don't even like Major League Baseball that much all the time. I love it in the playoffs. I'll watch it in the regular season, but not as intently as I want to say. I still have the streaming package. I can watch every single game. I'll watch a couple of games a week. But where I get excited... The sport still excites me. If we were not in COVID right now, I mean, there's intercounty baseball that is normally paid. This is this is semi-pro. I will watch intercounty baseball because I enjoy it. I love the sport of baseball. Major League Baseball is hit and miss for me until we get to the playoffs. I, I get what you're saying. For me, like I'll be honest with you, I've got the basketball game on over here, so I'm mm-hmm. sneaking peek. So that's how much of a sports fan I am. Like I'm alive with yeah, you. I get it. I get it. I mean, I really want them to beat LeBron tonight, but anyway, it's a different story. Um, yeah. You know, for me, I love baseball. There's two things I love about baseball. History. Mm-hmm. I love the history of baseball. Yep. And I love baseball, the playoffs. And you know what got me back into baseball playoffs was the Yankees-Boston Red Sox series where I think it was a – I can't remember how far back it was, but the uh, Bull Sox came back and beat the Yankees. For being 2004. Back. 2004. That brought me full <laughs> throttle back in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I love I loved that rivalry. I love that sport. I love the ba- – October baseball is amazing. Abs- that, that, we're in agreement, hundred percent. Regular season baseball, not so great. Uh, it's on in the background. I might take a look at it. Yeah, that, that's that's what I, that's what. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, they did that though, because I used to be as hardcore about regular season baseball as I was about a, a playoff baseball. That, no, that's no. the reason I have the streaming package that I've actually had. At this point, I feel like I'm I'm grandfathered in. I feel like I was one of the early adopters of MLB.tv before it was called MLB.tv. It used oh, real player meat. It used real player. It was just a simulation. It's not a that? simulation. No, they use real um, player back in the day. We've gone way off topic, but I have to bring this in. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's what we do. We go off topic. And that's fine. Crazy. That's fine. Go ahead. And, uh, our brain's a bit, a bit Neanderthalic that way. Yeah, uh, I know where we are. I can bring us back. So keep going. Go ahead. Yeah, you. I'm going to leave that to you because I'm a guest. I'm not a host. I'm a guest. So I get to deviate. You got to go bring ahead. Go ahead. Everyone. Um, this week in baseball, if yes. the, that show, if they yes. could, that show did more for me to love the sport and the history of the sport than the sport itself. And that's why I got into it. Cause I was a little kid with nothing else to do a Saturday morning. I loved it. was a Harry Carey. I think he was the host for it. I'm trying to remember. I know. Wasn't it Mel Allen? I Mel Allen. The guy had an amazing voice. Amazing yeah. I, voice. I, I think it was Mel Allen for that. One. I'll double check that, but I think that's what yeah, I, I I loved it. Anyway, that's what got me hooked. And then for basketball, it was the I forgot the name. It was the NBA version. Ahmad Rashad hosted it on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what was that called again? Uh, the, I know the show you're talking about, but the name escapes me. I know anyway, what you're talking about. I think what the commonality is, it got me hooked as a child. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what resonated for me. And then I played hockey. So hockey is like my jam right so i know hockey inside well i like to think i know hockey inside and out mm-hmm. there are clearly people are far more educated in the sport of hockey than i am mm-hmm. um but i love it i mean that's just what it comes down to but i think let's to bring it back back a bit so i think the original premise of all of this and we've kind of proven it and beaten it over the head is people don't know these guys yes 
right? Yeah. They do sell the modern players. They do sell the LeBron James. They do sell the the Acuna. They do sell the Trout. People know those guys, mm-hmm. right? They're marketing to those. So my the whole thing that we just proved is we did the 29X and the 6X and the 14X and the 16X of the players we talked about. Mm-hmm. They go up faster because people know who they are. Yeah, absolutely. But and they're, but they're also active and they also have a chance to do something. Mickey yeah. Mantle died in 1996. His legacy's done. Good, bad, or indifferent. There's nothing more Mickey Mantle can do. He's not around. He can't say something bad that could hurt him. He can't say anything good that could hurt him or that could boost him. Like there's nothing. Mickey Mantle is what he is. Yeah. We can learn more things about him. But there is nothing that can change his legacy as an icon, as a statue, as a bust in Cooperstown. Like he is what he is. The health of the sport, though, will be relevant in whether those guys get the recognition in card form, because that's because you have to get the young collect young fan, young fan first, young collector second. Then you get interested in the game because baseball, as I'm as I've discussed in this discussion, baseball was the best sport for building the narrative of the history because you have so much history to draw from. There's so much. You can grab it. Very, very rich with history. Yes. You can go as deep as you want. Yeah. And I think the point of all of this is, uh, Carlos, is that evaluation of the cards. Now let's come back full circle. The evaluation of that card. What we just talked about is relevancy, is relevant, sorry, to whether or not that card would increase to whatever valuation you put there, right? Yes. So I think we're both agreeing and saying in a very long-winded approach through various methods is we find it hard to see the evaluation of that card. Yeah, the evaluation now, but also the potential growth. And I'm not denying there will likely be growth, but I'm saying you won't necessarily get that explosive growth. So if your hope is to make this a highly profitable venture, that's a stretch. There are other cards that they offer that the collectible offer. One other point I'll make real quick. Side note, it, w- it was Mel Allen until 1996 when he died. So it was Mel Allen. 96 was a bad year for, for, for baseball deaths, by the way. Mickey Mantle and Mel Allen. Mel Allen was an icon. He was great. Yeah, but, um, great voice, man. Great yeah, voice. Absolutely. But I'm happy that I remember the, that I remember there was Mel Allen. But, um, but the point is, though, that will this card appreciate in value? I expect so. I think so, for sure. But the problem is that, like, how long will it take? And if if your investment is your primary, mo- if the novelty is your primary motive, then it doesn't yep. matter. Then it makes no difference. Buy a share. But then my recommendation is buy a share. <laughs> Just buy a share so you can say it's, that's 25 bucks. That's not the end of the world. But if you're buying a ton to try to, like, make money, like, that's a, this is not a great idea. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Go ahead. So $25, actually, what was the cost of the share? Was it, it was $25 a share. There were 40,000 okay. shares available. So I can either go buy Top Project 2020. <laughs> okay, okay. Or I can buy a share in this card. Now, me being a hobbyist that I am, and some of the you know insanely questionable decisions to make with the card, uh-huh. I might get a little inkling to say, mm, yeah, what's $25? Uh huh. I'll just go get one. Whatever. Now I have a piece. It's, okay. It's good. Gonna, that piece of paper, I'll fold it and put it. But I mean, it does. So it goes back to the, the lowest. I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this and it's going to be embarrassing. I'm not like saying I'm the lowest common denominator, but I just it totally went, is the lowest common denominator. I just went there, but I see the appreciation and sexiness of it. Okay. What, Jeremy, I don't know if you can hear me. Off in the distance, if you can hear me, 
I really want to know if there's a is if there's the option, even the option, for a physical certificate. I am curious if there's the option, because I feel like that would at least give something tangible. I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know the answer, but I would love to know if there is a physical certificate available. Because I think that would be relevant. I think that would be helpful if at least then you get something. Then it goes closer to that Green Bay Packer shareholder thing that I was talking about. What about uh, junk mail? You get the whole junk mail thing that you can vote on, you know, various board initiatives, like with all your stocks and bonds, that kind of that's paper. Yeah, I suppose. But I like, what, what are you going to vote on? <laughs> Guys, are we selling this card? Are we Are we doing this? Are we doing well, this? How would you, you know, you have a virtual shareholders meeting to, to sell the card? Like, I mean, there's, there's, there is that. I, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> uh, can I bring up a, so th this has actually been good, but let me bring the conversation into a, a, another downstream impact though, potentially. Let's play out the scenario for a second. So whoever buys the shares for whatever reason they buy the shares. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily a great idea. I think the novelty is there, but as an investment piece, I don't think it's there. And I think Amit and I are generally in alignment in terms of, a, of this piece. But let me ask a question. This is just more of an open question. Nothing here indicates that that's going to happen, but let me pose the question. At the end of the series, it says they will buy the remaining ownership from the seller, which means that the company will own 100%. Well, actually, they'll own 60%. They'll buy the 60% and the shareholders will own the other 40. Nothing here indicates that that's the plan. But what would prevent them, the collectible as a company? And maybe this is another, Jeremy, maybe this is another question for, uh, I think it's Ezra. I, I might be wrong on the name. I apologize. But I believe that's the CEO. What would prevent a Series B offering once they own 100%? Because then they own 60%. They don't really need 60%. They can retain some ownership of it, but then they could offer a Series B offering, some kind of a maybe make the Series A preferred shares and make Series B common shares or vice versa or something. Yep. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what would be, what would, nothing here that I can see would prevent that. And I don't see why that wouldn't be a logical way for collectibles to get its money back. There's also, but it also the other side of it, there's a bit of a dilution of the content, I think, at that point. Right? But you could sell it at the same price point and just say, like, this is the same card. You're buying the same equivalent. Like, if you bought one of the 40,000 initial, you were buying a fraction of 40%. If you make the other one at the same level and rate, you're still, you owned a fraction of a percent before, you own a fraction of a percent now. So someone like I, okay, I'll be very honest. Like uh, I'm not an expert in these things, but I have a question for the general public: Is you know you want to show when you have a, an offering like this, you want to show profitability, right? Sure. So offering another round uh, or Series B or whatever it may have you, and you get that money in, does that now impact? It's a positive cash flow, right? So that's a plus for the business. So how now, does that? You're bringing up a beautiful question. Right? I, so what, I, I, mean, I love Amit. You're my hero. You're, because the reason I posed this question is because I was hoping, hoping again, I was trying to send you strong mental messages across the internet. Like, please, Amit, ask this question. That's what I wanted. So let me let me quickly do one thing here, but quickly, quickly here. Just want to say hi, the card collector. How are you doing? Thanks for joining the stream, hanging out. Yes, this is this is the thing. So when I'm talking about Series B, one option of Series B, I said, to your point about dilution, if you wanted to avoid dilution, you would keep the ratio the same. You would you would keep the share price the same. You would make it so that because either way, the owner owns 60%. Then collectible would own 60%. If you're selling them at the same rate, then you're not diluting because somebody still owns 60%. Now you're just breaking yeah. up the, the ratio, but it's yeah. still still the same 100%. We haven't changed that. 
The only way we change it is if we suddenly sold those shares at 1250 and sold 100,000 of them. Then we'd be messing up with the ecosystem. But if you sold some preferred shares, quote unquote, but made them more expensive so that the intake of money is higher. So all of a sudden the card has now made profit. If you distribute that profit amongst the series A shareholders, you've effectively given them a dividend. Now you've given them something. You could do that. Again, what's to stop you? Is there a limit though on how many, like I, I, I need to know what the legalities around it, but could you do a series C? Series D, like what is what's stopping you from going down that? So the only analogy I could give you is what's think of a company, right? You own a company, you sell Series A shares, you sell Series B non-voting shares, you sell Series C shares, you sell Series D shares. As time goes on, now obviously a company theoretically expands, gets bigger. There's a bigger market cap, so then you're you know what you're offering changes because those shares would have also increased in price as the value of the company went up. So in this case. They would have taken that money to acquire other assets, right? Potentially, exactly, exactly, exactly. So that's normally how it would run. As a series, quote unquote, that's a single card, you you can't really, I guess you're running almost like a 53 tops mantle PSA 10 incorporated. And then like whatever revenue you can draw out of it would be distributed to the shareholders. That's about the only way you could do that. Maybe you could loan it to a museum for display and make some money from that and then dilute that money to the investors, I guess. Well, there's also like, I, I talked about this the other day. I don't know uh, too much about it, but you could merchandise it, right? There are merchandising angles that you could take because yeah. you do own the card. Right? You have to get creative. You'd have to get real creative to try to find additional revenue streams to be like, we'll distribute some kind of a dividend to you based on these revenue streams so that you, the shareholder of record on said date, just like any other dividend on said date, you will receive this payment based on your ownership of however many shares. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just, I'd argue it's a, it's a, maybe these guys have thought about it, but I argued it. I don't know how many other ways you could possibly merchandise this mm-hmm. card. Yep. But the, the point is it's open. So you could try to come up with something here. So right here. So yeah, Jeremy, that's what, uh, as far as, so is Collectible saying they will buy out the 60% from the original owner? Or are they saying that they will buy out any remaining unsold shares? So let's go back here, Jeremy. So let me go find it here. I will locate it. So while we're chatting here, I will find it here. Okay, I got it here. Okay, let me do the share screen one more time. What was that? What was that, I mean? I was laughing because you're going to find it and you found it. Yeah, I know. I, I actually thought it was in a different, I thought it was a couple of pages over. It was actually just one page up. Okay, so here, upon the closing of the offering, proceeds from the sales of series interest will be distributed to the account of the series. That's part one. The series will complete the agreement and pay the asset seller the amounts listed in series table. At that time, the series will own 100% interest in the underlying asset. The series includes the shareholders who have the 40% and the 60%, which was from the owner, has been bought out. So my understanding, mind you, I'm not a lawyer. My understanding is that the company will buy out the remainder so that they now have possession of the 60%. The original seller is now out of the picture. They've gotten their money based on all the arrangement and agreements. They're out. Collectibles is in. They hold the 60% to do whatever they're going to do. And the shareholders own the other 40%. And that's how the 100% is distributed at that time. Does that make sense? Yep. So that's my understanding based on this, Jeremy. There's, we could certainly get some clarification that would help, but that is my understanding based on what is written here. Like I said, not a lawyer, 
<laughs> just making sure we're clear. But, we can read. We've established that we can read. That's yeah, it's like, but I, I can read the English language, and as far as my understanding is of the English language, that is what seems to be implied based on the way this is written. Just so you're aware, quick segue, uh, yep. Lakers uh, did not win tonight. So we have a... Yeah, a they were down a little bit. What did they lose by? It's, I turned it off. I think it was 10 points they were down by. Ooh. So, LeBron's coronation will have to wait. Jimmy Butler is a card, and now everybody's going to say go by. Did Jimmy Butler dominate in the game? Did he? Yes, did he I, well, I yeah. don't know. I just I was. It was hard to listen to you and watch the game, so I probably won't ever do that again. So I, <laughs> I, I, I tried. So um, <laughs> somebody out there somewhere is saying that Jimmy Butler needs to be is, is an appreciating asset. Well, he might be. He might be. He might be. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just yeah. quoting someone else. Yeah. Just as we're talking, I'm just looking it up here right now. Oh, 40 points for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. 40, 10, and 13. He had a monster game. Tyler Harrow did well too. That'll do. That'll do. Yep. I, I would I would agree. He is a, an appreciating asset at this time. He is. Yes. His hair is appreciating too. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Paul Paul gives us a score. And Butler's of these. There you go. Thank you, Car Collector. Appreciate it. Uh, just for the record, Butler's my favorite player in the playoffs this year. Really? Okay. Yeah. Any particular reason? I just like his – he's got a lot of panache. I like him. Okay, that's fair. Well, he had a good game. Hey, listen, it doesn't hurt to uh, – it does not hurt to have a monster game in the finals. That's not going to hurt you. So, Tyler Hero had 17, which is good. That's actually not good. Bad. As a not young bad. guy, that's good. As a young guy, that's solid. He contributed. That's solid. And they did this with uh, – did, did Bam play? Whoever's watching tonight, did Abadeo play tonight? I don't know. I, I do not that. believe he did. That was my understanding. But, I, you know, obviously the chat is uh, helping us out on this one. So we'll, yeah. we'll find out shortly. Our, our three viewers. So those three viewers, let us know. You're only hearing from three of them, Amit. There are more. There are lurkers. <laughs> I can see you. There are lurkers. You know, you can contribute, guys, anytime you want. Just throwing it out there. Uh, but definitely no, I appreciate the people that are chatting in there and I appreciate the lurkers. So hang out and chat and listen and watch, and you can watch us. But, um, but no, I think all that is true. It, it is interesting. And that's why I say like, part of the reason I'm interested in asking the question is I kind of wanted, as I'm chatting with you, we were able to kind of think through this a little bit, I'm not passing judgment on it. So I want to make clear, could somebody make money on this? Possibly. Do I think it's the best investment vehicle in the world? That's tough. Like for the reasons that we outlined, I think that's tough. I feel like there are better uses. The 90 day lockup period hurts that whole concept as well, because it's like, you're just tying it up. You can't do anything with it. Even if it works as designed and the share values go skyrocket, it's going to take a while because there's no trading for 90 days. So you're just kind of sitting on your hands waiting. The one thing I will say to that is, you know, it's not unlike, and I just thought of it now, it's not unlike, well, in Canada, we have GICs, right? Mm -hmm. So it, uh, in GIC, some of them you have to lock in for X amount of days, which that kind of does that as well. Um, and the other thing that we I forgot to mention, which mm -hmm. is I think you know someone could short the market on these cards. Now, I I would love for that to be true. <laughs> if it is a meet, I'm in. <laughs> like, how can I short this? I will if torpedo can, this so if hard. You short it, I think that would be. I mean, imagine if Ryan Leaf was around, and we Dude. had uh, had the ability to short his stuff. Bro, next level, next level. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Hey, Dave, how are you? So that's uh, Amish Dave Archer here uh, saying, "What's up? How's it going? Good stuff." No, Dave's a good guy. Um, one thing I'll say. One, but yeah, the, 
here's the thing. Right now inside of this app, theoretically, again, we got to see it play out because I got to see what this market looks like. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, in Canada, we don't really have access to it. Like I can download the app. It allows me to look up stuff and that's kind of cool. I don't believe we're, we're allowed to actually buy any of this stuff right now, but I would love to see what that actual market looks like. That'll be interesting for me because I'm like, when this period ends, how is the buying and trading experience? How quick is it? How easy is it? Um, how do you find the pricing? In terms of like, do you look it up like in a market, quote unquote, and see what like the ask and bid price are like a normal stock market? And then obviously to your point, if you were going to do any kind of shorting, though, you would have to have an options desk of some kind in order for this to work. But it'd be cool if you could. It'd be kind of interesting. It would be very interesting. And it would fit in with the gambling aspect of a lot of these group breakers and people who buy cards now. So an idea for someone who has lots of money to try this avenue. So you're saying you're not you're not announcing the beginning of the new hedge fund that is going to work no, on uh, options? I'm announcing the new pledge fund to keep me uh, working and, and every day. So the pledge fund, the pledge fund is exactly what I'm I'm coming coming up with. Nice, nice, nice. Fair enough. But yeah, I think um, as far as this topic is concerned, I think that's the best we can do right now. There yeah. are some questions. There there is more interesting things. Like honestly, there is more, but we need more information. Like right now, I can read this. And it is the best that I can do to try to ascertain the components. And what I've offered in this conversation with Amit, that's what it says on the paper. Like how I'm doing is just reading what it says here. Yeah, We have to see it in practice to actually see what it looks like. And unfortunately, we're a while away. Like we're going to be, we're going to be away here. So let me grab a couple of comments here. So all time greats blog. Love it. Sounds good. Uh, check out his channel. Actually, I uh, I saw some of his videos earlier. He was one of the ones that I used to help me as a reference looking up when I was doing the rookie card video. Because I was trying to actually look for somebody who had, if anybody else had talked through some of the general ideas and he had a couple of good videos about that. I didn't agree with everything on there, but it made for good information to kind of supplement what I was trying to do because more ideas is good when you're trying to figure out something that complicated, like it's complicated, but at least he took a stab at it. So I appreciate that. So thank you for watching. So right here, moving sucks, especially with truckloads. Yep. Cards and collectibles to move. I agree, Dave. And that's why I haven't moved in about uh, six years. Oh, I will moving. at some point. Was that? Uh, yeah. The most stressful part of my move was moving my cards. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't let the movers do it. I was like, no, I did it myself. And I, and the last day and like the last car load and, and I had to do it. My If I was going to drop those cards, mm -hmm. I wanted to be the one that dropped them. Right? Yeah. yeah I think so. I, bought, I bought this condo six years ago with the intention of selling it at some point and I'm still going to. But when that happens, I think I'm going to become a minimalist for like three or four months and move everything that is not my cards and then move. Well, Josh, but Josh would be really happy to hear that from a consolidation point. Yeah, but it's consolidation of like everything. It's like all of you, everything out, everything that's that isn't required. But that's why I like things like Comp C. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, true. Bye. Yeah. Well, listen, Amit, I, I will say I've got almost a 100 Medano cards in Comp C that should be in my collection right now. But I, I need them to deal with their shipping business because I want my stuff, specifically that stuff. I want it. I want it in my possession. I just uh, ordered mine. Actually, you've been buying some of mine, but I just, uh, I, for the first time in four years, I did a shipment from ComC, so I'm waiting mm -hmm. for that to come in. So, did you do regular shipment or did you accelerate it all? Oh, I accelerated it because if I use regular shipment, I'll be 386 before I get it. Oh, my God. It is, right now, the, right now, here's the thing. I'm. We already talked about ComC last time we discussed. I'm not knocking them. But guys, it can't be months and months and months. It's one thing, a grading company, I don't like that either. 
for the record. I don't like that either. But you have the stuff. <laughs> I'm asking you to send me the stuff that you have in your possession. I understand the issues. I get it. But it's like we got to figure out a way, man. Like we have to find a way. Get Maybe robots. I mean, they're they're they are because of the contact they have a company. I know they're working really hard, but it's hard to, to I agree to to not knock them. But I mean, a lot of companies like not only Comte is a victim of its own success. Yes. PSA just announced something, and they're a victim of their own success, increasing the prices. Like everyone is feeling is going to be annoyed here and there with there and everything. I agree. So let's let's do one thing, Amit, because because you brought up a good one because it is a, it is a current event, a current yeah. issue. So as far as collectibles are concerned, and fractional shares, we've done our best. We did the best yep. we could to try to talk through some of the issues, some of the pluses, some of the minuses. We yeah. leave it to you. On Wednesday, if you check out Sports Card Live, I don't know if he's still around, but if you check out Sports Cards Live, um, as we when we talk later on, I'll try to put it on the screen so you can see it. There's going to be an interview with um, with the CEO of Collectible. Hopefully some of this can come up and maybe he can offer some clarifications. That's the, that's probably the best source we can find in order to try to figure it out. But we did our best with what was available to us to try to understand and to at least try to make a case, but it's a hard one to make a case for. But I will say it is at least another interesting segue in our hobby and how it's evolving into different places and different options and different offerings. I do appreciate it from that. Yeah. I, I don't mind innovation. I don't mind trying something. That's cool. That's fine. But it is going to be a tough one. It is going to be something interesting that we're going to have to keep an eye on down the road here. So one second here. So the card collector won a $2 bet with his dad on the Lakers game. There you go. Well done. Well done. Good job. Now, um, since we brought it up, because it is relevant, like the PSA thing is a real thing. And it is interesting because it has an impact, right? Yeah. Um, now, I was reading into it a little bit uh, because I think we got that. We all got kind of got that email where PSA yep. outlines some of the things um, they've reduced, obviously some of the lower tiers in order for the big bulk for the big bulk submitters. But I might've misread it, but I believe I could be wrong. I believe if you are a member, I believe you do still have availability to some of those like $12 options in some cases. I could be wrong on that. Limited. I believe it's, I have to read it again. I have yeah. to write it exhaustively. But there are some limited options. I believe they've gotten rid of some of the vouchers that used to. Come yes, here I think yes, so, right. But yeah, I think some of these members do have some. There's some grandfathered uh, options there, from what I understand. But yeah, I think the main thing is that the price increase is substantial. Yes. Um, I'll be very honest with you. I'm actually happy about it. Yeah, there, there's an argument to be made for that. There's an argument I, to be made. Because a lot of our stuff, a lot of the reason, like I've sent cards to PSA, and the reason I haven't gotten them back is because they're backlogged with all these $2 cards because people were trying to serve it in bulk just to get a better price. So I'm actually okay. I'm a fan of it. I think in the long run, by it being so expensive, it should have a positive impact on the pricing of the PSA, higher-end PSA cards, like the PSA 10, because they are so hard to get and so expensive to submit. To submit, sorry, submit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Absolutely. That was kind of the argument that um, that was part of the argument we were discussing on Friday. So let me quickly put this in here. I missed it the first time around. So Dave had the same thing. Well, only person to touch and move the cards. Absolutely, Dave. Totally get you. 100% agree. But the interesting thing, um, the interesting thing is going to be whether they are successful by increasing that price. What it should do is what you said. It should make those folks that are sending those like really cheap base cards. It should make them hesitate. Yeah. You know, the sending 500 card order 
trying to turn a $5 card into like a $45 card and trying to flip on volume. That should be reduced because basically you're discouraging it and that should help reduce the backlog in theory. In theory. Yeah. And that's going to be a big key. Whether it works in practice is, is going to be interesting. I'm also not really opposed to it, but it also means that you're going to have to think about what cards you really want to send. Some cards are still worth sending regardless because it's not going to impact you because you're in a higher tier anyway. But for the low-end tiers, like there's some stuff occasionally that I'll have where I'm like, this card would be kind of cool to have slabbed for part of my collection. Maybe I'll wait on that. It might not be worth doing right now. Maybe down the road, maybe as part of a, a bulk submission with somebody else who can get a good price or something like that. It's something that makes you think about it a little bit. But for the higher end cards and like uh, vintage cards that need authentication that are like worth it, I could still see. I don't think that's going to be impacted necessarily. However, yep, there is one double whammy I did think of. So one thing that PSA is doing now and they've done for a while, I don't know how long they've done it. I've been victim of it and I'm okay with it. Um, If you send a a, a vintage card that is, they'll actually upcharge you based on the the grading value you get of the card that you submit. So if you send a Gretzky rookie and let's say you get a 10, you get an upcharge for that, right? Yes. So for someone who's a common person that will get, has a a a Gretzky rookie card in their their collection Mm -hmm. and they know about this upcharge, they may not be able to afford to send it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on top of that, they got to pay 50 bucks a card. So it might reduce some of these cool finds that PSA gets that someone's like, oh, I found this in my, my attic. And they might say, well, you know, I can't really afford $25,000 because I found a high high grade, you know, X, Y, or Z. Maybe those collections just stay in mom and dad's closet. Yeah. In fairness, though, the upcharge thing has been in place prior to this. So it like, has been, but it's yeah. Still- so it's oh. like, it's, you're, you're still kind of in that boat. If it's like a high end card, you, there's only so much you can do. Uh, you have to be confident in it. Yep, but if you're paying fifty dollars a card in the U.S. Mm-hmm. or whatever it may, that price is, and you want to submit two cards, that's a hundred dollars U.S. plus shipping. Not everyone, like, I'll be honest with you, that that's a lot of money still. Like some yes, people will say, oh, totally. no. it is. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So there's someone, there are a lot of people in, on this in this world that can't afford to do that, right? So there's there's that too. Yeah, what I'll say is like there's a good example. Obviously, we didn't have the the expo, and we're not going to have it in the fall here. But usually when I do my PSA submissions, I do it like through Platinum Promotions. I go over there and I just fill in the little sheet and I just hand it off and go, here you go. Because I just, to me, it's a pain sending off the cards. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'll fill in the form. And the form is a pain, is a pain, by the way, too. I hate filling in that form. And some of the, some of the spots there are too tiny. small boxes, too. Yes, correct. Who writes boxes that small? I can do it, but it's painful. Like, it's actually really difficult. Either my Oh, we didn't get to board money. I saw that there. Oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Let me quickly, (laughs) let me quickly show a comment. Let me quickly, because I'm interested. Give me the short comment here. So Jeremy's just uh, replying here. Seems to me like collectible does not retain the 60% of that particular case, but the original owner retains it themselves. That's not the way I read the, the text, Jeremy. It might, like I said, we might be wrong, but the way I read it, it sounds like the company will purchase it for them at the end of the series. That is the way it seemed to be worded. That's a situation, though, where Ezra probably can fill in the blanks for us. Mind you, this specific card was based on a, a consignment arrangement, and they do mention in the verbiage that there are different arrangements they can make depending on. Sometimes they'll buy a card outright. Sometimes they'll do it on a consignment. And I think there's a couple of other scenarios that are all in that text. You're going to have to check it out. You'll have to take a read through it yourself and ask Ezra because hopefully he's got the answer to that question. 
So that's the only thing I would say about that is we did the best we could to interpret it based on the way it's written. But if there's a clarification to be made, that would be the person that I would ask. And for just another plug, I will plug Sports Card Live. Go see the show on Wednesday. This is a preliminary conversation um, for that show, I guess, in a sense. So, this is our opinion. This is our opinion uh, based on what we know today. Yeah. After the conversation, maybe we know more. And maybe our opinions on certain things change. We'll have to get clarification. I know the yeah. initial interview I saw didn't help me very much, so I'm hoping this will be a little bit more informative. Yeah, and I think our opinion is, is swaying in one direction collectively, but maybe yeah. it'll swing in another direction after that. Yeah. Um, and with all the hobby content out there, my my opinions have changed dramatically in many ways on many different topics. So yeah. I'm expecting that to be a very informative one. Yeah, and that's fair. And I think the opportunity is there to really get some interest in it. Um, now, as far as your notes, though, so you got board money. Okay, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on board money. I, I want to hear this. So I, okay, so because of Jeremy and you and Sports Card Live, sure. you got me hooked on Josh Cardboard Chronicles. Yeah. Um, all those videos. I, okay. I, I, I'm totally enthralled with, I never met Josh. Uh, if I ever did, I would shake his hand. Sure. Um, okay. He had a guest on there and I'm forgetting the name. I really okay. am. Um, but they brought up the conversation around board money and the market it is today. So the whole thing in the market is hot because we have a lot of board money. So basically, and the basic way I understood that was there's not a lot for people to do. Mm -hmm. They're like, they're bored. So where are they going to put their money? They're putting their money in the cards. So the question of the game is, how do we keep that in the, in the industry? How do we keep it in the industry? How do we make sure we don't lose the board money? Because if you lose too much of that board money, you're going to see valuations go down. Now, right? was, that the that, was that the most recent one? No, I don't think it was the most recent one. I can tell you where it was. Let me just look up real quick. Yeah, because I see uh, it was Corey finding your lane. That was finding your lane, yes. And I think so, it was so, so it was the most recent one. I got so you. That's the most recent one? Okay, so then, yes. Um, I have to say, and I've become a bit of a fanboy, and I'll say this straight up, that was my favorite <laughs> hobby content video that he's put out in a long time. Yeah. Um, it hit a lot of positive, a lot of content things that I was thinking about. Yep. But yeah, it's basically like, what do you do with that? And it's funny, this piece of board money wasn't overall, like, wasn't a massive part of this video. Yeah, but it wasn't, it was it wasn't the main part of the conversation, yeah. But it, it struck me. And I'm like, okay. well, if we lose that board money, like people aren't gambling. Well, they are now DKNG and all these other DraftKings stock. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not gambling as much as they, they can. We want to keep that money somewhat. Even if we keep a percentage of it, we don't want to lose all of it because that's, that's what's driving our economy, part of our hobby, hobby economy. I can ask you a question. So I think this is a good, I think this is actually a good conversation here for a moment. Uh, and hopefully you guys saw that I showed on the screen the video uh, in question. So you can check it out. It's Cardboard Chronicles. Uh, and I've had Josh on here before as well to chat with him. He he has a lot of opinions and a lot of things. And th those guys, uh, him and also Chris McGill from Card Ladder, they have been able now, they've, they've, they've entrenched themselves kind of in the middle of the hobby in the sense that obviously I chat with them, other folks chat with them. Now, is everything they say 100% true or accurate? Sometimes, but not everything. Don't take anybody as gospel, but take what they say and listen to the argument, and then you can formulate an opinion based on pulling these different pieces. Because if you hear somebody explain it, hopefully the person you're listening to will explain the why, and then you can put the pieces together and break it down. But on the whole, I think I'm in alignment with probably about 95% of what they come up with. So on the whole, it's been really good. So just science, bear that in mind. Yeah, the science of what so they, what they do and they introduce and discuss, which I am a fan of, and me being a scientist as well, mm -hmm. is they explain the science and the methodology 
very clearly. So it's a very objective conversation and I appreciate that. So I want to say thank you to Josh and crew. Uh, keep doing what you do and I can't wait till the next video comes. Yeah. And I think down the road, um, I, right now I am mostly uh, confirmed. I'm going to do a final confirmation. And if, if it comes to pass, I'm going to try to get Chris on the channel this upcoming week uh, to have a chat with him again, more hobby stuff. So we'll try to do that. Once I'm 100% confirmed, I will uh, put the little placeholder on the channel. You'll be able to see it, and we'll have a chat, kind of similar to the same way I've had chat with other folks. And down the road, I'd love to talk to Josh again because obviously there's a lot to talk about, yeah. and things change and things move. So that's kind of cool. So we got Simon here. So hey, Simon, how are you? So with PSA further price increases, I'll be doubling down only buying graded, which is fair because if you already buy the card graded, you kind of save part of the problem, particularly being an international buyer collector. That's fair. That's legitimate. That's... I think that's going to be a thing for some folks. Now, Jeremy did make the note on the after hours that that may also increase the price of some of those graded cards because some folks will think the same way. They'll be like, okay, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to send this card in for grading myself because it's kind of expensive. But if this graded card in PSA nine, for example, say you want it for your personal collection and it's a relatively low tier card, but it's a PSA nine. And it's like eleven dollars, you know, shipped or eleven or twelve dollars shipped. The all of a sudden it's like, well, in comparison to the graded price, this is kind of a deal. And that's true for people who are aware of the pricing, right? There's a lot of people Correct. that don't know that pricing. I use that logic all the time, yep. right? Um, yes, Jeremy, Josh is an inspiration to me. I've had no conversation with them, but because of you and Carlos, you've introduced me to Josh and. Uh, I think Josh needs to make cards of himself signed. Anyway, sorry, we'll just go to another story. Wow. Uh, okay. Sign <laughs> card of Josh. I'll buy them. Okay. Okay. I I will forward that message for you, man. <laughs> Jeremy too, man. And yeah, you too, yeah. 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 Like my ego needs more. Sure. <laughs> so there that is a great point. Yeah. That I was like the, the beauty. The, well, uh, in fairness to me, the beauty of my ego is that you can't inflate it anymore. And you also can't hurt it. So, so like it's it's pretty much established as what it is. It is what it is, one way or the other. So it is a great point, Simon. That is a fair, fair, fair point. It's a great, great point. It's a mm -hmm. great point. Yeah, and I think and I think that's going to be some people's thought process. Not everybody's, because some people are a little slow in picking that up. But you're right. Your your logic is sound, because they're going to look at the, it. The one thing I hate to see is people say PSA ten or bust. Right now, mm -hmm. it's like, sorry, not physically bust, but it's like the saying PSA ten or bust. I think PLC and the evaluation of those cards hopefully will go up. And I think that's a very key, key point. Yeah. Another thing, though, and this is just from a collecting perspective, not investing, collecting. I've always been of the opinion, and I did this with my own collection, like even some of the Juan Sotos I'm picking up, I don't mind grabbing a PSA 9. The PSA 10 in investment perspective would be the better card to buy, for sure, 100%. But at the same time, if I want to have it and I want to hang on to it for my collection, uh, to be honest, a mint card 9 is a good-looking card. Like, I don't mind yep. it. And right now it's, it's so much less expensive than paying for the premium on the 10. And if we're being realistic, grading is subjective. A nine, a premium nine could cross to a 10 in the right day with the right grader. So why? So why would that be the case? Like, it's going to be very difficult to try and um, to try and get and get past that point. Because if you just want it for your collection, you want a nice card. Well, a mint card is a nice card. A gem mint card is supposed to be a perfect card, but it's not. PSA's definitions say it's not. <laughs> they leave room for they leave room for off center. They leave room for a couple of different things. 
it's it's funny because so people are complaining about the PSA price increases, right? Mm -hmm. Then people are complaining about BGS time duration to get cars back. It's yeah. like there's a no there's a no win situation here. There's a no win situation. So it is what it is at this point. Yep, yep. So let me grab a couple of comments here. Let me take a look here. So we got Josh has merch. That's true. He does have cardboard oh, chronicles oh. merch. He has cardboard chronicles merch. That is that is a fact. That is true. That is very true. I don't know what Dave's trying to get at here. I mean, uh, can you explain? Uh, I'm not sure what he's trying to get at. Uh, well, no, I think you won't be able to understand this because it's below what you think you should be understanding, Carlos. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. Dave, Dave, I, I I like to think that Dave understands very well, very well. I, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to be honest. I'm just I'm just trying to tell the truth. It, I always I always have fun with it and I joke with it. It's like I, I do not lack for confidence, but I'm also self aware enough to go like, look, guys, it is what it is. I'm going to do what I do. The upside is that I don't pretend to be humble and then BS you this whole time. Like I'm not, it's not, it wouldn't be fair. Like I'm not going to insult your intelligence that way. Go ahead, Amit. You were going to say something? No, I'm just going to hold my tongue at this point. <laughs> we're, we're friends and I, I'm a host on your show. I have to be a good, uh, sorry, I'm a guest on your show. I have to be a good guest. So. Oh, take shots, Amit. I, I want to hear what you've got. Let's your go. Oh, don't worry. We've got lots of other shows to do that. All right. All right. So here, uh, Jeremy just wants to point it. So apparently, uh, uh, Jeremy has told you of our alliance now. Yes, that uh, you want me to continue to be your guest. Yeah, but but I think there's a simpler way. I think if you keep going down the path you're going, if you do start up on YouTube, it's going to be a tech channel. After you finish doing your research on various technology, because you'll be well-versed in that, you may as well just go down that path. True, true. You can do webcam reviews. Uh, you can do Beats by Dre reviews if they ever let you have Beats. Yeah, if they ever do, let me actually buy one. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so D Dave here says the correct thing. Because the thing is, it has become a cliche. But it, it from a collective perspective, it is true. Because, and I use the example of that low-grade uh, 54 Bowman card that I did a, you know, a while back on a live stream there. That's a PSA 1. It's a good-looking card. So it's like, if it works, then it works. If you like the card, then you're good to go. The, the label on it isn't going to impact my enjoyment of the card if it's for collecting purposes. If it's for investment purposes, well, then obviously the audience that's buying that is going to care about the label. It's important for them. Yeah, there will be some people who only take a certain high grade, but I'm just actually trying Correct. to find a copy of one of my cards that's a low grade. I love it. Yeah. The, um, the thing is, there can there's a lot of room in that spectrum to find some nice looking cards that are cheaper because the grade set, because the label says a lower grade. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, at the expo, like I will pick up high grade um, common uh, OPG cards from whenever year. If it's like PSA 9 or 10, I'll buy it for two or three bucks because I know it costs more than grade. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of the way. But one of the fun things, now mind you, this is going to be less so because of the increased price. But one of the fun things to do is that you can find gems out there. Sometimes you can still find raw gems. Sometimes you can still find uh, cards that are graded where the eye appeal is tremendous. And it's like, I don't care what the grade says. It's it's such a good looking card that it's like, you know what? I still want it. Yep. And, no, I agree. And, that, and, if the, and if the seller is looking at the technical grade and basing the pricing based on that, that's a win for you. So I would say take advantage of that for sure. Like here's an example. So, got it? so I went and got a, no, it's a different card, but it's a okay. doctor. Like, uh, let me see, do it this way. So it's a it's a grade nine, okay. but it's a insert like base insert. Uh, for fifty dollars, I will never send this in again. 
right? So this will be gone from circulation from that, just those things alone. Oh, that's fair. And I think that's just it. You got to figure out whatever it is works for your collection. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. So Simon here is kind of uh, lining with the same thing here. I'm happy to pay more for already graded nines and tens. Yeah, you pay more, but also cards will be more valuable and have more of a premium. That's fair. Yep. Because, um, and it can work both ways uh, where you have at least, but you've also taken some of the risk factor out of it because sometimes you'll send a card that you think is a nine or 10 and maybe it's got a surface crease you missed and then it comes back an eight or a seven and then you put in the effort, had to wait for the privilege of finding out it didn't fit. So that's always a thing you got to kind of keep an eye out on as well. Carlos, I just have to take a quick break. Yeah, go ahead. Give me two minutes. Sounds good. So while he's doing that, I'll just go like this. There we go. Actually, I'll stick to this. Got to play around with the stream yard a little bit. But no, I think uh, I think a lot of the comments you guys are saying are accurate. Um, I'm curious if there's any other thoughts as far as... Um, because you do have to separate out the collecting part from the quote-unquote investing part. And now I know not all of you are investors. A lot of you are collectors predominantly, so you don't worry about it as much. So that's fair. I get it. But at the same time, it's right now, the market economy, no matter where you stand on this, the market economy is going to get shit because this whole conversation started with the changes the PSA is incorporating where they've increased the price at the low end, which means there's going to be less of those low end cards. But what's going to happen, the the reality is going to be that once you get into a certain stage, you're going to find that some of those cards, and this has been brought up as well, that have already been graded are suddenly going to cost a little bit more because then the new net new ones are not going to be graded in that way. So that's going to be, that's going to be what it's going to be. I like this. Uh, so this is a good comment here, Amit. So Brian's got a good one here. Okay. So Carlos, do you feel like a world war two bomber probably taking flack on a bombing run? Always explaining yourself. It's like, no, you got to, you got to Brian, because uh, sometimes people will watch and they don't bother to pay attention to the context of. Also, if this is the first time they watch the video, you are going to... I actually don't take... Ironically, and this is weird for YouTube, I find I don't get as much flack as a lot of creators on this platform because I just say what it is. But also that plays into the, the, the tongue-in-cheek problem that I have with the ego thing. It's like, look, guys, I really don't care. <laughs> so I will always listen to constructive criticism. If you've got something interesting, I'm, I try to reply to almost every comment I made. So what that means is if you say something and I think there's something interesting there, I'll reply to it. And you sometimes I'll reply with a couple with a little bit in there because I'm like, I'm going to take your question seriously. Even if you're trying to be cute, sometimes I'll take your question seriously and I'll actually answer it in a serious way because I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to answer it to the best of my ability. If it's just being dumb, then it's being dumb. Then so be it. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on board money because we, we did bring it up as a topic. So I circled mm -hmm. my opinions on it. What are, yeah. what are your opinions on it, Carlos? So I think uh, I think one thing that's important to remember about this concept is that, and this is this is where I stand on it. If the board money is coming from the betting side, I don't think you're going to have a choice. And this is something that I've thought about because. Okay, let's say the whole idea is they got into sports cards because they wanted to still have some kind of action. And sports cards could provide that kind of action, you know, buy something and then sell it for a profit and do whatever. If that's what you're seeking, betting is better because you can get the result within an hour or a couple of hours as opposed to a card where even if it's fast, like even if it's really fast, you buy the card and you have to wait for it to ship in. Comp is faster, I get that. But I'm saying like, let's assume you actually have to trade the physical card. You yep. buy it, it comes in, 
and then you sell it. Even if you're super fast, there's still a delayed reaction. I'm If I had made a bet on the Lakers game uh, at lunchtime today, I have the result already. The money's in my account. It's done. If I'm seeking action, now, like I said, it depends on your motivation. If I'm seeking action, now that sports betting's back on, yeah, yeah, sports card, whatever, gone. Because not fast enough. It was the only game in town for a stretch there. But the hope, the hope is that they get excited by the intangible also of the sports cards themselves. That's the hope. And it may be for some. But if it's strictly the action thing, then sports cards aren't going to get it done. They're not quick enough. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm also thinking board money could be some of the guys at our age that got out of cards mm -hmm. because of COVID, went back and looked at their cards. They got excited about it, and they're back into collecting. Mm -hmm. and That's possible. Just from looking at the, the hobby boards over the last, oh, it's been many years. I've seen people come and go, come and go, come and go, right? Yep. I've seen people get really excited and leave. There's a lull yep. and everything. So I just hope that, you know, over the trend that we retain some of that board money, right? Yeah, I, th I think it's also going to depend on how much enjoyment they got out of this stretch because this stretch is unusual. Like this isn't normal market behavior. So that's going to affect because think about it. Let's assume, let's assume for a second and I'll take some comments from Dave here as well, just as I'm talking. Uh, so good looking card of whatever card you're trading for a person. Totally agree. I appeal is huge. Definitely. Most of us here are just collectors, but the thought remains and creeps in that we're on a deathbed. We will want the best copy. That's fair. I get it. Whatever expenses are there. So yeah, no, no, Dave. I think you, I think the general premise is fair. I think I think it's we're not going to be able. To, we're stewards for a lot of these cars. We're not going to hold them forever. Even if you do, there's going to come a day where it's like you're not going to have a choice. <laughs> it's not going to be in your, your position anymore. No, did you think put Amish's Dave's comment back on? I think the first one, the second, the third, or the fourth one. Uh, just any of them. Just okay. okay. So. I love that he's got a picture of a mushroom cloud as, yeah. as he's talking about this stuff. So, have you have you ever watched Savage Dave's like show? I, I feel like that's very appropriate. I feel like I have not. I have not. Um, okay, you, you I, should. I you you want to talk about like four hour live streams? That they're, they're they're kind of his norm. Oh, I, okay. I joke with I joked with him on Instagram. He was like, "Oh, you should go past four. I'm like, "No, I think you guys have four hour live streams trademarked. I had to stop short. I didn't want to infringe. So is that like is it? I just thought he was like the mushroom cloud. Like he's, yeah. he's a very passionate person. And all of a sudden it just. Well, if, if you watch his live streams, you may get a taste of some of that occasionally from time to time. I, I will add that to my list of forever ending, forever, never ending YouTube content to watch. There, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. No, but uh, to your point though, there may be, there may be some folks who are actually enthused by the chaos of the current market. And if that and if that dri and if that drives them, if that excites them, if the market ever was to stabilize and be like conventionally moving, like it was prior to, like it was going up prior to COVID, but then obviously it accelerated. You know, things got put on steroids. If we go back to the pre-steroid era where stuff still goes up and doesn't go up like 10x in a weekend, then they may not be as excited for them. It depends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it, it, we won't know until you know like six to eight years past COVID to actually see what the trend lines are. Yeah, because we have to have like the control group, right? And then yeah. we have the group that was affected, and then we yeah. see what happened after the, the stimulus was taken away. Yeah, and we can then we can answer the question that you have there. Yeah. So let me grab a couple of these comments here. So Simon says, if I was an investor, I'd only be in particular with cards I'm buying, which means I would be willing to pay more for raw, but I would be buying uh, inserts, numbered parallels, not base. That's fair. And there is there is a there is an aspect to be said. Right now, base is tricky because 
I wouldn't overpay for base. If you need it for your collection or whatever, that's fine. But I wouldn't overpay for it. Not pay like top dollar. Some people are paying top dollars for base cards. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that might have turned out the way you're hoping. I can see that being an attraction for vintage. Yeah. I don't see that for modern. Like, I mean, look at Sydney Cosme, uh, second year upper deck card. Like, do you really want to go and blow all those? Like, no. Yep. 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 No, that's fair. But the, yeah. So this, so Paul's kind of generally agreeing with the concept that I said, because if it's gambling, if it was gambling fueled, if it was gambling people, then they're going to be gone because right here, the gratification results, because it might have been for a stretch, Paul, that maybe that was the only game in town. Because when there were no sports on, there's you couldn't bet. So, so it was like you didn't have a choice. Now, if that was money that you allocated towards that and suddenly like, look, I need something, something resembling the action that I'm enjoying. Because gambling's an addiction. It can be. Because action is the thing that draws them in. And sports cards could provide that, but in a delayed um, 18th century way. Like, okay, I'm going to send a piece of mail, correspondence. What's going to happen? Pony Express. It'll get there eventually. But now with the internet age, we can do so much stuff faster. As soon as you turn it back on, it's like, all right, my gambling account's still loaded to the brim, so let's go. And then that money sucks, gets sucked out. Yep. I don't think it's a big percentage. Like I, I, like I said, for the delayed gratification reason, I wouldn't think it's a huge percentage. And it would be bad for the market if it was a huge percentage because they would have every incentive to lead now. That's just my opinion yeah. on that part of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does make sense. I just wanted to, I never actually got a chance to ask you what you thought about it. But no worries. No worries for sure. I just so thought that, in that video, it talked a lot about, a lot, it talked a bit about it and I found it very fascinating. No, I, I think it's an interesting question to bring up. It was a really good, it was a good topic. I'm glad you put it on the notes there. So this is uh this is Dave and he's right. May or may not go on slate rants and go off the rails. Dave, some of those four hour things are like 85% rants, 5% like randomness. 5% miscellaneous and maybe like 3% what you were originally talking about. <laughs> is, he, uh, is a YouTube channel of the same name? Uh, yeah, it should be Amish Dave Archer. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna it, right. Sh it should have the icon as well, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be the same uh, mushroom cloud icon. We're looking for the mushroom cloud. Yeah. Double check it, but I think that's right. It should be It should be the same name. No, I don't think they're the same. <laughs> yeah. I see a guy riding a, a horse. That's not him. <laughs> A guy riding a horse. Interesting. That's okay. not, uh... All right. Well, Amish Dave Archer, if you're on Instagram, add me and you can uh, tell me what your your, your uh, YouTube channel is. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Here, Amid. Yep, there's that mushroom cloud. I did search for that. Did you put spaces? I did. Remove the spaces. Do it all together. There you go. There's a free plug, Dave. Enjoy. Prepare for millions of subscribers. Enjoy. Yeah, but it's fun. It's all good. But uh, okay, no, I, I don't want. I, I go. I don't want everybody watching me. Oh, here we go. Subscribe. Done. 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 See, you got another. Free, you got another subscriber. You go. You're close to six sixty six. You're at six sixty five now. Yeah, I'm like, dude. I didn't want to be six sixty six. That'd be epically wrong on so many levels. There you anyway, go. Um, yep. And now you know Dave is also an HI here. Oh, there no you. way. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, buddy. Now you know. Small all world. Right. Come on. You're all good to go. Good stuff, Dave. Appreciate it. The whole the whole world just came together in a, in a fantastic moment. Buddy, it works. That that's why these things are fun. You'll 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 find the same people. They're around. They're yeah. around. There you go. 
Nice. <laughs> All right. So Simon has a comment here. Let me read this. So we'll be interesting to see what happens next year. If and when the current season is finished and we're back to months and no sport again, while they work on how to proceed moving forward, that's valid because the whole scheduling thing is going to be odd because now, because all the sports were like, let's figure out some way to get to a conclusion. The NBA finals is, is, is on the Stanley cup got there, you know, one way or another, they got there. And then, you know, major league baseball is going to try to get itself to the world series. They're in the playoffs. They're trying to get to the finish line. Once they all succeed in finishing, then it's like, okay, so when does next season start? It's it's interesting, but here is a flip side to that whole Go ahead. thing. You remember in oh during the last lockout, yep, um, we lost a lot of the veteran players, right? So basically, a lot, who lost out in those deals are all the veteran players with the larger contracts and never came back, right? Are okay. we going to see the flip side where we don't have enough rookies to come into the league because there's no leagues playing, and where are they going to draft these players from? Are we going to see the same? Is it possible to see a good portion of the same players that are there now just recycled? And we won't see a lot of new rookie content. Like there is that possibility. Like there's no like the OHL not playing. Yeah. Can right. I ask you a question? So, oh, you know what? I think you're bringing up an interesting point here. Uh, we won't drag it out too much because timing wise, we're actually pretty good. But let's talk about this for a moment. Let's let's pretend it does. Let's pretend it minimizes the amount of new rookies. Definite by definition. So then, what happens? What happens um, for the new product that isn't driven by new rookies? What do you think? Uh, that's a really good question. I think you'd have to. Do you want to take a second to think about it? Because I've got a couple of thoughts on that. Well, they could re-release the rookies in different variants. You could. You could. Yeah, right? you could. Um, but I think there's enough people in the AHL that haven't played that possibly could fill in that gap. But you have a lot of like rookie content that probably won't exist. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's a really good question. Yep. Take a second to think about it. So I'll, I'll just read a couple of comments here while we're doing. So here you go. Paul did it. We got there. We did it. We did it, you guys, on the live stream. Good job. Yeah, so there's talk of the NBA season not starting till March. I can see that, Simon, because right now they're, they're in the same boat. The NBA generally is pretty good about consulting with the players. Obviously, the players didn't enjoy necessarily being in the bubble, but it was necessary. Like, they were able to get to this point because – of the bubble was it perfect no but was it was it more as successful as anybody else based on that yeah the nhl i think was the cleanest in terms yep. of being able to do it the best yep. but it's because they committed to the bubble right away the players are like look whatever it takes let's just do it let's do it and they were able to maintain it the nba did like 95 percent as well and that's because they were able eventually to commit to the bubble and like all right let's do our best some players you know messed that up a little bit, but it didn't break it. They bent it, but they didn't break it. Basically, baseball had its struggles right out of the box. Like well, Football is starting to go down that road now. Yeah. Well, it's because it's because you're traveling and you're going to these stadiums. It's like, well, you're going to get on a plane. If somebody's sick on the plane, how are you going to avoid it with recycled air? Like, there's so much stuff you can't control when you're not in the bubble. Yeah, I can't imagine the insurance premiums are paying for this stuff right now. Like, yeah. Traffic. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm not taking any slant on this. This is There's no political statement here. I'm just saying, logistically, it is hard if you don't control the variables. Like, you can't. So, but now, the, the point here that is brought up is, when you get to next season, now you're restarting. The NBA was almost done when things had to get shut down. The yeah. NHL was most of the way there when things had to get shut down. And they decided not to play any more regular season games. They decided to shut it down and say, we'll just start right at the playoffs. 
Yep. The NBA played a couple and they decided to do that, but they still were almost at the end. The NFL yep. is trying to start from scratch. We're still early days in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, a, we're only, I think this is week four. Yep. So like we're barely starting quarter of the way through the season. We're going to see. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot, a lot of room for things to go wrong in the next well, couple of weeks. My bills are four and oh, that's all I care about right now. Yeah. Did they end up winning the game? They did win. Yes. Nice. Did they win convince? How did Josh Allen do? That's that's the that's the key for me. I'm curious. I think he did fine. He won. That's, okay. well, that's the key for me. <laughs> we won. <laughs> okay. So here, didn't the NBA have a double rookie class of cards? I know the NHL did. I mean, did the NBA have a double rookie class as well? I'm not sure about the NBA, but the NHL did for sure. The NHL did for sure because that was the Crosby and Ovechkin rookie year, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's right. The NBA, I'm not sure, Dave. So maybe maybe somebody can fill in the blank on that one. But I know the NHL really, did for sure. The NHL that's did for really sure. A good point though, which is, you know, let's say there is no rookie year and they pause it, and they have another double cohort. That would make a really interesting uh, product lineup for the following year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's valid. So Paul's just making the point here about hockey. You're right. Here's the thing, Paul. You're right, but um, they could try to do reduced capacity, but it's like okay. So let's say you invite the fans. You try to do it, and you're out of the bubble because because if you try to do the bubble, you can't have fans. So so it's not going to work <laughs> unless yeah. the fans are hanging out of the bubble. <laughs> Season ticket holes, you're committing for the whole year, dude. That's a marketing dream. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's like you guys can't leave, but. You're here for the whole season. I'm like, no way. <laughs> I would pay $20 a cup to drink whatever coffee butlers are making these days. Oh my God. Absolutely. But yeah, but it like, it would be, it's one of those things. Where, okay. Let's say, let's play it out for a second. Let's just play it out. You try to do it. Even with limited fans, you're going to basically going to be like, yeah. So fan interaction, not happening. All you players stay away from those fans. They're so diseased. Stay away from them. The t-shirt gun would be really hard to pull off. What was that? Have that the t-shirt gun. You'd have to have really good aim. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like it's like, nope. Unless it's you like, make those, uh, those tarps really buoyant so they, they shoot the gun <laughs> and it just bounces off to the – and you have to like, – it's like a game of Plinko. These are the logistics we have to consider. So apparently Josh Allen did good. Excellent, Paul. I like that. I have one of his prison murkies that I pulled back in 2018 that sat in the box for a couple of years. So I was like, oh, sweet. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm rooting for Josh Allen too. <laughs> I just need some help. from If the Bills keep playing well, I'm I'm happy too. So here you go. So here we go. Uh, Simon filled in the blank. So 2011, 2012, and 2012-2013 was a double rookie okay. class in NBA. So that's cool. Awesome. See, the chat's helpful. Good stuff. But no, the... The start date of the league is going to be really is really going to be like tough because it's like, well, we're, we're assuming we can reasonably assume that there will be a second wave. So they're not going to be like rushing to be like, yeah, can we start the season right yeah. now? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, the, the second wave is already on route. So that's what I mean. So so like they're going to finish what they're doing right now. The NFL is going to try come hell or high water to finish the season one way or another. They're going to try. But everybody else is like, you're not, you're going to have a tough time to start. A restart is going to be really hard for any of those leagues. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not feeling confident. I'll be right now. I, I think we're, we might as well enjoy what we have right now. It's one of the reasons I actually watched the Stanley Cup finals is because I don't know when I'm going to see it again. Right. right. Um, the reason I watch the NBA finals, I don't know when I'm going to see it again. Right. So I'm watching. So, like, so you know, I mean, to bring it back around, 
are you saying we're getting board money back? The gamblers are coming back. I mean, yeah, but there's no more stimulus checks. So some of that board money ain't going to be there anyways. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Here we go. So Paul's got something here. I think Sportsnet in early COVID days talked about how long lines would have to be to maintain six feet for 25% capacity. Very true. Yep. Very true. I'm saying it's just a logistical nightmare. Like in order to do it in a way that you could pull it off, it's like one group makes a mistake and it messes the whole thing up. Well, we've seen it already, right? Yeah. The Marlins, the Marlins. Yeah. Didn't they set a record for most number of roster changes in a calendar year? It's got to be some, it, probably because they, and the thing is in the end, they made the playoffs like by virtue of whatever. They, they did made well. It, yeah. And they, they, they've advanced. They're still in it, but it's like, but right off the top, they were like, it took one team completely. They could have very easily torpedoed the whole thing yep. right at the beginning. And that's all it would take. And then bring fans into it. And let's say, like, let's be logical for a second. Let's say you try it. And a couple of the fans decide to be lax with their masks or whatever. And they do have some kind of interaction with the players. They catch COVID from somebody and they're in a more at-risk group and they die and they sue the team. They sue the league. Like, the liability is off the charts. That's what I'm saying. The liability is insane. Um, the other angle of it is if there is no sports for a while and they actually do shut down, will we actually see a market correction in the cards? Well, that was the the thing is, so let me, if we base it on what we saw the first time, uh, the exact opposite, <laughs> the new golden era begins, I mean. Yes, because, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, yes, sure. I mean, we don't know. That's what happened last time. It was supposed to go down the first time. Well, it did. It did go down. For like 12 minutes. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I don't know what the, uh, yeah. what I'm trying to say was, but the, it, it, we have to see how it plays out. I've been wrong every time on where the lull in the market drop's going to be, so I yeah. can't say I'm. I, I have a crystal ball in front of me, so. No, fair enough. But I, I, but you I would not be shocked if, for some, because right now I feel like the market is just looking for an excuse to go up, like they're looking for an excuse. It's not even that. It's not even whether it makes sense or not. It doesn't really matter. Like, like I said, technically, it should have gone down the first time where people were uncertain. Like in March, it did for like a little bit, but yeah. then it shot up again. So it's like, okay, so what are we assuming here? Like, what are we pricing in? <laughs> like, what, We're not pricing the... anything at this point. Honestly, Correct. I, I'm not making any judgment on anything. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So Simon's kind of in line with me. Is like, you know, it would not shock me. It would not shock me. It's like, all right. So that LeBron card that we talked about a minute. So, I mean, how do you like the LeBron star, LeBron star factor at 8,000? I love it. Like 8,000. 9,000, 50,000. Let's do it, guys. To the moon. Hold on. Zygmunt Palfi is a very, very safe bet in terms of a um, uh, a card to invest in. Mm -hmm. uh, right. In fact, I know a place where there's about 1,200 of them or 2,500 uh -huh. of them. You know, uh -huh. I'm sure that if we all just picked up one, uh -huh. it might be worth a few bucks. And, uh, oh, it might go up 10x in 29 years. Well, I know. I think, I think, um, I think going from a penny to 10 cents is very plausible within the, like the next 29 minutes. I think that might be doable. Well, if he can do that, Zygmunt Palsy, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I, he is a, he's a dark horse. He's a dark mm -hmm. horse. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm here to enable your shamelessness. Um, can I say something that is probably a factual statement that may be backed up by, by reality? Um, sure. I feel strongly that the Ziggy Palfi is an underserved market and a short printed card compared to say 88 Donald Gary Jeffries. By comparison, it is a short print. True. Yeah. By hey, comparison. Did you know, did by you know comparison. there's a PSA 4 Zygmunt Palfi Upper Deck Rookie card? There's only one in existence uh, on Comp right now. A 4? A PSA 4. Why? <laughs> That's an example of one of those cards that somebody wanted to get a bulk deal on a PSA order. And threw in the Zygmunt coffee card. Now, now I'm curious what the fly is. <laughs> he said, uh, well, I'm going to zoom in and see if we can find it. Uh, well, yeah. well, well, it means doing that. Well, it means doing that. I'll just say so. So, guys, we'll be winding down shortly. If you got any last kind of questions that we can quickly kind of zip through, I'm more than happy to. Uh, one second, one second here. I'll, I'll put a comment in from Paul as well. So, if the NBA or NHL can't commit to a full season, do we forfeit games you can't travel? That might be a thing. Yeah. I'm saying all of those things are in play. That's kind of the. That's kind of the reality of it is um, it's very difficult to try and figure out what they're going to have to do with themselves. Yeah. It's, like, I don't know. It's all a depressing thing about it. I, I'm not even going to go there right now. I'm going to enjoy the moment, enjoy what's happening right now, and we'll do all that after. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think that's fine. I think we, sorry? I'll, I'll join you guys on YouTube. <laughs> oh, like I said, only if you do the tech reviews. We all we all need webcam reviews. We need we need we need Beats by Dre. We yeah. need we need some thoughts on that, yeah. so you can get on that. And then, as you buy equipment to do it, you can review the equipment you bought to do the videos about the equipment. Yes, I'm averaging a new piece of equipment every six months. So there we go. So here we go. Jeremy's got a question, and I think this is a valid question, a very important question here. So the last time I was winding down, it it, it basically went for another. Uh, Hour and 45 minutes. So now we're officially starting the wind down of meat. So, uh, yeah, so, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be done like uh, 1245 our time. So, so right, we're on sure. our way. We're on our way. You know, yeah. And Paul asked the legit, the logical question why would you even submit it? <laughs> oh, no, man. You know, <laughs> uh, we have to assume, we have to assume, Paul, like in all, in, in all seriousness, we have to assume, we have to assume that they're like blind and, and somehow thought that it would pass. Like Here, maybe they just uh, threw it in there. Can I share a screen? Am I allowed to? You can you can put the request in and I can allow it. So if you click the button, it should show me something here. I'll I'll see if it does. Do you have to let me know if you pressed it? Did you press it? Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. I see it. Here we go. Yep. Oh, so just so you know, this is a I'll zoom in. PSA four. And it looks perfectly centered to me, but it might be a little flaw right there. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. I'm looking. Uh, Okay. That no. doesn't look too bad on the front, to be bad. honest with you. That doesn't look too bad. Okay. Um, the hologram's fine. Yeah, this one, yeah, there's a little, like, a rabbit chewed the ear of this one, huh? The rest of it looks okay. Uh, that... <laughs> so, Amit, wait, 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 wait. Amit, are we saying it is undergraded? It Hashtag is undergraded. invest. Hashtag invest. You need to buy this card, crack it out, and resend it because you're going to get a high grade. Not that, sponsored by me. If you, take, if you take nothing away from our entire discussion of horrifically bad advice and horrible prognostications, this is it. Hashtag invest. Yep. So Simon here. Looks good for a four. That's right, Simon. Totally nice. does. Totally does. And just, just while I'm here, 
Yeah, I'm okay. Tell you guys this. Uh huh. There are 2,500 Zygmunt Palfrey rookies. And in just case you can't see it, is it really 2,500? 2,500. Oh, I click on it, it's on, and you see this how popular it is, owned by so many people. See? Wait, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't like at 15 cents, well, I guess once it's there, whatever, but like, well, I think once it's there, it's like a cent a month or something to house it. Like, wouldn't After it have cost more originally? Only if it's over 75 cents, it's a cent a month. If it's under 75 cents, it's free. Okay. Uh, but right. there's 2,500 of them. Yeah. Can you see that coming to me? Oh, there you go. There you go. You got to put the hashtag invest, Simon. You got to put the hashtag invest. So I know what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I think we need to, just to show somebody owns 2,500. Wow. Okay. That's just dumb. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm gonna stop sharing the screen for yeah, a second. Stop sharing the screen. I'm, I, stop sharing I, the screen. I'm amazed at what I saw there. Yeah, like Amit, Amit's mind is now blown. Okay, so let me just grab a couple comments here. Uh, so, so Dave here threw in something, which is true. Paul Fee did have some nice '90s inserts. That's 100% true. The thing is, it's not it's not a reflection of the player. It's a reflection on the amount of production for that year because '91 Upper Deck was like monster production, wasn't it? It was monster production. I'm sure there's pallets of product somewhere yeah and you know I, what we need to do you that? and i need to collectively drive up this price to 30 cents somehow we'll work on it we need some more hashtag invest and we'll see what we can do with that i'm gonna i'm gonna write a note i'm gonna do an instagram card yeah exactly we, we got to pump this thing up here we got to show a chart that's showing an upward trend somehow yeah yeah so i agree jeremy it's, it's got to be some kind of a hidden crease on it something that shows up when you tilt it but you can't see it on those scans because the scans look fine it's not yeah, a bad they, card for what it is here here you go. I don't want to pay the PSA up charge on the Puffy UD rookie. You'd have to pay them. Yeah, it's like it's like Dave. I don't know if you send if you send in one of those ones and include the hashtag invest, they might be like, okay, you poor soul. It was like an old, it was like an old joke I used to give with one of my buddies who was like super broke, and then they would lock their door, and I'm like, dude, why are you even doing that? And he was like, why? He's like, look, you let the you let the burglars in your house. They'll look around at the squalor you live in, take pity on you, and leave shit for you. It'll be the opposite. They'll be like, oh, you poor soul. Oh, you poor man. Here. Here's some money. Here's a TV we found somewhere. You know, it'll improve his situation. So just just to add insult to injury. Okay. That, that PSA 4 has a population of one. Okay. So it's a one of one. Okay. You, you're with me so far? It's a one of one. Sure. There are only 102 versions of higher grade. Than the PSA four. Well, because I don't think too many people are dumb enough to grade the damn card. Like, why would they? So, well, it's going to be kind of hard to read on your screen, but I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, but there's only one. It's an eBay one of one. So whoever said it's an eBay one of one, you are you're you're uh, extremely correct. Yep, so that was Simon. He's 100 right on that one. Yes. So here we go. Paul's got a comment. So I watched the PSA submission reveal and the creator was complaining about low grades. Joe Orlando of PSA was in the comments suggesting the creator learn how to look at cards. <laughs> See, the, the problem is that I, I'm, I'm kind of a jerk. I would actually appreciate that. I, I actually would enjoy that. Like, no, Joe, you do that. You tell him. He's like, learn how to grade your cards better. You know what? Honestly, there's probably a, a card on the wall over at PSA. Or they're like, look what this idiot sent me. <laughs> well, you know, like, uh, like, can it, you beat this? 
in all seriousness, I don't remember who it was. I wish I could find the post or whatever it was. I know there was at least a handful of people I've heard of that were intentionally trying to build a collection of a card in every single grade. But it was like a modern card. So they would like, so obviously a PSA 10 would be easy to get a nine, but the toughest ones is like getting a three, a two, a one. And so you have to like intentionally send in bad cards, but it can't be too bad. Otherwise it gets a three instead of a two, a two instead of a one and to get the complete set. You got, that was a good one. That's yeah. I, I, and I saw somebody trying to put together that set and I was like, I don't understand why I, I, I want to judge you. And I kind of feel like I'm going to in my mind, but at the same time, I have to applaud you for your ingenuity. Yeah, but can you imagine like you're off by one, you just need a PSA yeah. and you just can't get it. For me, the hardest part would be the lower end of the spectrum, getting it just right. It's like, no, for the last time, this is not a PSA five. This is a four. This is a four. I remember at a expo one time I saw this Jackie Robinson rookie and, uh, Saw the price tag on it. It was a PSA one. That was our, no, it was a very low PSA number. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Really worth that much? But yeah. Yeah, but I, I'd love to see that. I, I don't know if they ever completed it. I don't remember who it was. I'd have to find it. Here's but, my second uh, Instagram request. Uh, one is to drive up the market on Zygmunt Palfrey Rookies and find okay. someone who's got the rainbow of all the PSA grades of, of a card. That would be amazing. I think it would be fun. I'd be, but, it, but it's got to be a modern card to beat. It's got to be a modern card. Okay, you can't do so, that with a vintage. Like that's okay. that's cheating. Modern. It's got to be modern. Rainbow PSA. Is there a lower grade than PSA one? Is there Authentic, I guess. What about we could get off cut right off center? I suppose you could. Yeah. There are quali qualifiers that make it a little more complicated. I would say authentic. I mean, authentic. Okay, let's go with authentic. Authentic. I think that's legit. See, okay, Paul's so Paul's at least enjoying our our, our ramblings. Authentic rainbow. Okay, so anybody out there in YouTube land, um, I've officially lost my mind, I think, right now. Officially? Um, I declared that a while ago. I've had three hours of sleep, but if uh, you have a rainbow, yeah, authentic rainbow, PSA 1 through 10, you'll be the next guest with me and Carlos on our next show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I, here's the thing. I would agree to that because I would actually like to have that conversation. I got questions. I have a lot of questions. And bonus points if you can get altered and and off off center in part of your grading. Oh my god, that would be like a prism rainbow, like you're getting the ultimate. We did it. <laughs> we did it, you guys. That'd be incredible. You might have I, just graded the shimmer. Anyway, sorry, the different story. Yeah, yeah. So here, so so yeah, so it's not my imagination. Dave, Dave saw something similar to that. I know, I I know, I've heard of at least a handful of people trying this. I don't know if they succeeded, but I, I, I for sure it. know they tried it. Dude, that would be amazing. And BGS, if they can get a BGS rainbow. Oh my goodness! Hold on. With subgrades with subgrades. Holy crap! Yeah. No, hold on a second. Imagine the complexity with all the subgrades. You'd have to go from the lowest grade to the highest grade, and all your subgrades. That would be amazing. Yeah, there would be a lot of ones, Simon. There would be a lot of pop ones. Hashtag invest. <laughs> a lot of pop ones. So I think, Paul, I think I could be wrong on this. I don't know. I don't I know. I know I looked this up once upon a time. I think, Paul, I think you'd have to alter the card. I think if you altered the card and got it graded, it would come authentic. You know what? I will cut the corner off the card, send it in. There you yeah. go. You're authentic. Well, well, like right on the back, too. Yeah. Yeah, like if you write on the back and like cut a corner, I think that would qualify as authentic. 
Here you go. You need a trimmed, miscut, OC stain. Yes. Yes. All oh, of the where's above. my coffee? Where's my coffee? <laughs> yes. All of the above. Yes. Correct. Factually correct. A okay. So that would be the super rainbow. Are you guys trying to suggest that we need to bring back the low, the low tier just so that somebody could try this stupid crap? Yes, I think so, do. Yeah. And I think PSA would make an obscene amount of money. They should charge $100 for that kind of submission. Yeah, I think, well, maybe maybe at that point, PSA. Here, here's the thing. Jokes aside for one second. I think they'll bring it back eventually, but I wouldn't be shocked if after they've made some money doing this and brought the backlog down a little bit, if they brought back that bulk rate at like $5 higher. Because they wouldn't bring it back at the old price. Because so I know in the email they reference the price. And I think PSA needs to create a registry. So you don't have the registry for like the top dogs. Yeah. You gotta create one for the low dogs. The guy that actually have the rainbow and like the, the bottom <laughs> rung. The bottom rung of the ladder. Only like, if you only if you get registry awards the same as the top one. <laughs> you get like a certificate. You have the worst. Can you imagine? I that can. Epic. It'd be like. You know, here's the, the number one guy, and then they show like the yearbook picture of this guy, this weeby guy. He's got the lowest run of all the PSA cards. Yeah, but he's beaming from ear to ear, like he accomplished the greatest thing that has ever been done. Yeah, he's like that guy, like he asked a girl on a date and she she doesn't look at him, she just looks at him, and he's like, I have a chance. I think what scares me a bit, and um, I'm saying this with sincerity. See, 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 Jeremy, this is what happens when you're trying to wind down. The scary is that the most energy enthusiasm between the chat between the people talking here is when we started talking about the idiocy of coming up with this, <laughs> with this modern rainbow of junk and this low-end psa set registry like all of a sudden it's like new life has been brought to the stream i i almost want to create a website just to do my own low-end registry and just have to see if i can get enough people to actually join and, and contribute right here right here mate it's coming it could be it could be I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no, Simon. I, I will say be. one thing. I'm happy after the day I've had. I'm glad to laugh this hard. This was awesome. <laughs> so, Carl, thanks for making my evening with this and entertaining this. But I'm actually dead serious. <laughs> trying to figure out if someone's got the rainbow. And he is serious about this. So, like, it's 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 a thing. I'll get text messages about this at some point. I promise. Like, I yep. guarantee it. All right. Sounds good. So, guys, you got your last call. This is – I'm not putting an overlay. I don't have one. You, <laughs> But this is, but this is last call. If you have any comments or questions to throw in there, what I'll do for now is, uh, and what I'll do is the next time we do one of these, Amit, we'll plan it out ahead of time. The next time we'll actually plan it out ahead of time. Uh, we'll do like a little, you know, something cool came in or something. We can share like an item. We yep. can definitely yep. do that. We'll plan it out ahead of time next time. Yep. But I'll do this anyway, since this, if you see my Instagram, you've already seen this card, but I'll put it up anyway, just so you guys can check it out. This is one of my most recent additions. It's a nice one. I'm a fan of it. So this is from the cup. So if you haven't seen my Instagram, this is the most recent card I put up there. So it's a cup foundations out of five. I really like this card in person, to be honest with you. And I made in the video, though, I did mention design wise, I would have loved if they had made this section darker because it's kind of hard to see the autograph, but the patch is sick. The patch is really good on this one. It's really I'll nice. One okay. If you've got one, I can, we can do that for sure. So give me a second yeah. here. Second here. I'll stop sharing. And you got your share screen there. One second here. One second. I'm just going to load up the card. All right. Hold on. Get ready for this. Amit, I don't know if you're ready psychologically for what could happen here, but I think Dave's got a valid point. And this could be the moment that it all breaks. What's that? Read it. <laughs> See, Dave, what you need to understand about me 
in addition to my my negligible ego that is hardly worth mentioning. But the other thing you need to understand about me is that, like the Joker and Batman, I like to see the world burn. So I'm in. I'm one. I would personally pitch Gary V on this. Like Gary, this is the best idea ever. I need you to tell it to all your followers. Let's do this. The double rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so Simon, I think it's, I think they broke it up into a couple of pieces. I think it's from the same Jersey, but I think they took it. I don't know why they configured it that way. It still looks interesting though. I kind of like it, but it's, uh, I, do, I don't think they just took it from one cohesive piece. I think it's four separate pieces. That's the way I see it. That's the way it looks like. So hold on to me. It's got a card here. Let's take a look at this. Right, so this is the so finest Philip Rivers. I blew it up larger. So I was watching the show with Jeremy. I think it was just last weekend. Question though, is this, this is, I don't remember what Rivers rookie year is. It's like a second or third year card. Uh, I don't remember what year. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But anyway, it's the finest. So fair enough. This is, well. He's, Looks like a second year to me. Yeah, it's probably second year. That's fine. All good. Um, but it was really cool. I, I listened to Jeremy's show with, uh, I can't the gentleman's name right now. Um, the Brett Favre collector. Um, and Jordan. I happened to pop up on Comp C and I picked it up. Jordan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jordan. So I picked it up. I thought it was a cool little neat card to have. It had a little pop run. And I figured how was the, how's the pricing on that? Because it's a nice looking card. What's the pricing on that? That well, was $30. That's not bad. That's all right. I was That's okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, so that's, I, my, that's my latest pickup is this. Yeah. I'm a big fan of getting a card that looks interesting. If it's fun, if you collect a player, you collect the set or you collect the team, then that's one thing. But if you just like cards that are cool, why not have some yep. fun with it? So I bought it just because one, it signifies I do love inserts. I've always loved inserts my yep. entire life. I've always picked them up. Um, and uh, I actually love Topps Finance. It's one of my favorite products in general. Uh, and I thought it was a cool card, but I figured why not? What's nice. what bucks going to do to me? Nothing. So I just Good it. stuff. So yeah, I mean, then the next time we'll do it, we'll plan it out and we'll, we'll do a little mini showcase of a couple of them as well. I think that'll be yeah, fun. Totally. We'll definitely do that. So that will be kind of cool. So it's one of those things we're still working it out, but I would love to do the streams on a semi-regular. This week is special because right now I had a couple of specific things that were set up. I was able to get Jordan on on Friday. Obviously we're doing this today and you know, this has been, this is, this was meant to be like the fun stream we're hanging out. And obviously the energy we've had at the end of this stream has been excellent. Like I, you, I, I, this is the most fun I've had. Honestly, Carl talking about that has been the yeah. highlight of my night. Well, that, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the direction I want to take. I think Sunday feels like a sweet spot for this. Yeah. I think it feels like a good day for this. It's a chill stream. It's a fun stream. It's a stream of silliness. Yep. <laughs> we'll, we did talk about a serious topic for a while though we did we did actually break down a topic but uh yeah the the end is just it, it it's whatever it's going to be i think what it is i i was all i'm using all my power and intellect to go through the first topic that all yep. shit just broke loose by the end sorry sorry it's the goal it's the goal of meat it's the goal yeah. no it's more fun that way why not let's have some fun with it so here we go i got a couple of comments i'm going to put up here so david goes why do you think i'm a mushroom cloud it's like dave we're going to get you on here. We're going to break this thing down. We're doing it. I'm going to listen to you right after this uh, is done. I'm going to go find your show and listen to it. Yeah, At some point, Dave, I'll reach out to you and we'll do a live stream at some point. We'll figure it out. It doesn't have to be on Sunday. We can do whatever day kind of works out for you, but we'll, we'll make this happen because I think that would be fun. I think that'll be fun. So he also fills in that 2004 was uh, Rivers rookie year. So cool. That's yeah, about right. Yeah. Simon's here. This week's top five picks. PSA one, PSA two, trim, altered, stained. Hashtag invest. We're going to do this. I'm going to, as soon as I get a moment to breathe, I'm going to create an Instagram post and I'm going to see if we're going to make this thing work. 
This is the most important question you're going to answer today, Amit. Answer this. Well, is there 15 cents for a Zygmunt Palsy rookie? <laughs> 2,500 of them. Well, you do the math, Mr. Palsy. There you go. Nice, nice. There you go. I'm going to drop the Zygmunt Palsy. Now it's like, it's like Seinfeld Superman comment. I'm going to use Zygmunt Palsy. I have to mention it at least once in something I do live. It's going to be the shtick. Yeah. Have a good night, Jeremy. Take it easy. There you go. Hashtag Sunday silliness. You're right, Simon. You are right. But I'm down Sunday is Sunday is not meant to be taken seriously. Just chill out. I was watching some football earlier today. I was relaxing. Obviously, I had all those streams and it was late and all that. So I was like, let me take it easy for the day. I went to go. I went to go hang out with the family, had some dinner, and then came back. And then we were, got ready for this thing. So it was. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. yeah, I spent the day with the kids. We watched the salmon uh, jumping in the river. The salmon yeah. spawning grounds. Yeah. Uh, which incidentally is probably the way this market's been for a lot of people who can't make it up river. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's a different story, a different topic. Yep. Um, I think this will end up being, we'll figure out, we'll figure out a cadence at a timing that makes sense yeah. and works, but it'll be something that I'm happy to do. I'm happy to do it on a semi-regular basis because we're going to, because this stuff's fun. It's so fun for me. So I'm happy to do it, especially yep. if, especially if we're going to get the chat in and uh, they're going to participate because this chat's been participating. All of you have done really good stuff. Sunday shenanigans. True. I, it, I think we've created a, a, a theme. I think we got to go down with this. I don't think we'll ever be able, I don't think I'll ever laugh that hard live. I, I'm embarrassed to see what I look like. <laughs> Give it time, mate. Give it time. We only, we've only begun to warm up. But yeah, no, sounds good. So I think I think we'll call it for today, for this evening. Uh, I'll have a little chat with the meet after. Maybe we'll make some plans and we'll figure out if we make this a semi-regular yep. thing. If we are going to do that, then we'll make it clear so that everybody already knows ahead of time. Because yep. then we can plan it out and it makes a little more sense. The other streams will happen kind of depending on whatever guests I have. That'll just be the easiest way for me to do it. That way I leave it open-ended. And Dave, we're going to get you on for one of these. We'll have a, we'll hang out. We'll have a chat one of these days. One of these days. So here we go. Tuesday is the only day is not available. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I don't know what you're doing on Tuesday. You know, it, it, Is that when you go get the, the parts for the mushroom clouds? No, that's when he does the, the other. That's when he does the, the four-hour, five-hour, 15-hour stream. 15 legit he does 15 hours oh. no not 15 hours <laughs> but they are like four plus yeah but here's a question i have for you simon i've been doing these streams for a little bit and i've this is the second one i've done with me which monster is it now now i need to know like i'm like <laughs> i i can't help it i've been like this the whole time so i i don't know what to say to you now so but this like, is me like honestly those of you out there that know me really well like i'm not i, I like to joke around i like to have fun um i'd rather see the glass half full and have fun with life um i've seen too much bad to to go another direction jeremy's more than well aware of it <laughs> i want to laugh i want to have fun and this is my fun so let's do it yeah. i said that three times the word fun you besides simon monster or not you love it you love it all right good stuff guys so i think that's good so we'll we'll figure this out um if we do end up making it a thing what i would suggest that probably if, if you haven't already i know a lot of these names so probably i we've already you've already done it my Instagram's right there beside my name. And then Amit's is on at Titan Hockey Stick. If you, if you put us, if you add us to Instagram, we'll, we'll, add, we'll put out, you know, if one of these is going to happen, because that way you'll know ahead of time. And then obviously, if you're already subscribed to the YouTube channel you're watching right now, then you'll know, because I'll put the thumbnail ahead of time. It's the best way I can let you know that it's going to happen. Because once I know it's good to go, I'll put it up there at least a couple of days ahead of time, usually. Sounds good. So that's been, all of you have been chatted, been awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Amit. Cheers. We've been having some fun. So that'll be the end for us tonight. We will catch you at some point in the near future. Absolutely.
One second. Last comment here goes to Dave. Glass nine-tenths empty kind of guy. The positivity we need to end the stream. Thank you, Dave. Have yourselves a good night. Take it easy. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.